Hello, and thank you for joining us on this final episode about Fallout 3, a final mainline episode. I want to say a quick thank you to everyone who uh, supports us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, everyone who has written us a review or rated us on iTunes or who interacts with us on Facebook or Slack or Twitter or anything. Um, yeah, just thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And I will pop the question and you say okay. Say then we'll be married in the month of May. Ah, ooh, this is Three Dog coming at you in the Capital Wasteland with an important public service announcement. Now, children, I want to talk to you about a little something called DLC Bloat. You might think that it's harmless to visit a spacecraft or Pittsburgh or a swamp, but I'm here to tell you, it has disastrous effects on our economy. I'm here with an Institute economics expert from way up in the Commonwealth, Dr. Sharni Armstrong. Doctor, what can you tell us about DLC bloat? You see, Mr. Dog, it appears you've reached something akin to peak alien blaster. Here in the Capital Wasteland, you have everyday, regular citizens showing up to market with 30, 40, sometimes 41 alien blasters and wheelbarrows. Ah, what's the problem? Oh, 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 hold on. Uh, why are you howling? Because it's me, Three Dog, and I'm coming at you from the Capital... Please, please stop. Please uh, stop. We're trying to have a conversation, and you are deeply, fundamentally irritating. As I was saying... No one can deny that these guns are worth 300, 400, even 401 caps, so your traders willingly give away all of their stim packs, ammo, and money, leaving them defenseless when the raiders come calling. Three Dog understands. This isn't to mention this ridiculous auto saw innovation from Pittsburgh. Why are your citizens even going there? It's ugly and ah, morally gray. Oh. <laughs> These citizens with their newfound wealth and superweapons are unstoppable. Just the other day, I saw one kill three Deathclaws. Another, he took out an entire Enclave regiment. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good to me, Three Dog. Because when you think about it, it's kind of beautiful. This is very serious. People are starving, Mr... Oh, four is too many, and two is too low. Three Dog! Are you, are you kidding me? How do people stand this? People are... St I'm trying to save your idiot lives. Watch out for the Yagwai, kids. I'm off to have a word with Travis. Put him in his place. We don't do this sort of DJing in the Commonwealth. I'm... Now that that's over, we can get back to the kid from Vault 101. Seems he killed every single person in Rivet City using alien technology. Gods were powerless to stop him due to a constant influx of stim packs. So if you see an angry psychopath loaded down with shish kebabs, kid, watch out for firebubbles.
Congo, he don't wanna leave the Congo, no, 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 no. Bingo, bango, bongo, he's so happy in the jungle, he refused to go. Don't want no penthouse, bathtub, street cars, taxis, noise in my ears. So no matter how they coax him, I'll stay right here. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. And this week we are concluding our discussion of Fallout 3, which is a uh, uh, first-person role-playing game developed and published by Bethesda for the Xbox 360, PS3, PC in 2008. And we're concluding our main episodes here by talking about all of the DLC. This is a first for the show. Yeah, talking DLC. Um, we kind of like hinted around the idea of doing this at some point mm-hmm. for uh, some DLCs for New Vegas instead of covering New Vegas. But I think that what will actually happen is we'll discover New Vegas. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, and and probably uh, the DLCs, especially like doing these recordings and playing Fallout Three, has left me with a powerful thirst for <laughs> for, for 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 New Vegas and its for, ways. For some sarsaparilla. I need some sarsaparilla. I need I need some complex moral situations. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, playing four, which like I finished and it's good. It's worth your time, Cole. It's okay. good, but it's, it's, uh, I will keep that in mind when I have some. Yeah. Whatever time you have, it is worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's no, uh, it's no New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're going to, going to go through, we, we did these book report style. Um, again, even though I've played them all As and, have Cole, I. and Cole has played them all. So we, we didn't refresh our memory entirely, uh, you know, this time, both mm-hmm. of us, we kind of split them like we did the side quest, but we're just kind of going to go through and chime in when appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we got uh, the first one we got here on the list is uh, Broken Steel. Yeah, I put it here because this is a direct continuation of the main quest, um, and I figure let's get that wrapped up before we move on. Yeah, and it uh, it addresses some of the problems we had with the end of the main quest. Yes. So, like, I you know something that is a broken record thing for Gary to say um, on podcast, but I think the fact that video game designers can amend their work is a is a strength of the medium yeah. not a, a negative like people kind of look at it as annoyance like oh they just fix that in a down dlc but you know you can't really do that for other yeah. other mediums as easily um and i like that game designers can listen to criticism and adjust their tax but gary uh, it's a terrible position of weakness to say you were wrong because if they were wrong i was right to be angry and they should stop making games yeah it means that all the fun i had with it was invalid <laughs> the um it doesn't Shh. <laughs> the um so, so this is something where they, they, I feel like they listened to uh, uh, all of the people who were like, you know what? It is ridiculous that my character dies at the end of this. <laughs> I have, I'm drowning in radiation resistant companions. Why do I have to sacrifice myself for your force narrative beat? <laughs> and uh, they listened to that and uh, changed the ending so it can continue um, past the, the main game and also increase the level cap, which is another complaint that we didn't really talk about. In the last episode, but I do remember it being an actual thorn on a lot of people's sides. Yes. Uh, when this game was contemporary, a lot of people complained about that. They increased just the level cap, but they also gave a whole bunch of new perks, um, some of which are just downright devastating. Yeah, well, uh, but it's because they're tied to levels. So, yes. like, you, you have to be a minimum level for certain perks, and mm-hmm. there are new perks now for those levels between 20 and 30. Yeah. Um, I say they're devastating as a good thing because empowerment is fun. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them are really good. Some of them are really dumb. Yeah, like there, there are some like some ridiculous perks that are not very 
very useful. <laughs> like there's ones that kind of just like allow you to play the game a little bit differently by changing your karma, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't actually have that much of an effect uh, on on the game. And there's one that will just uh, allow you to get unlimited dog meats, mm-hmm. um, which has maybe the cutest perk icon. <laughs> uh, the perk is named Puppies! Exclamation point, And it's just the vault boy drowning in puppies. And the implication mm-hmm. being that like before dog meat died, he went and squirted out a litter um, <laughs> of backups. Like, he squirted out a six pack of, uh, of, of fresh pups uh, just in case. And the um, so you can get you know, and get unlimited dog meats rather than just like reload. You know, so some of them are silly, but then some of them are actually really per, like pretty powerful. Like the mm-hmm. the one that you get at level thirty uh, puts all your stats to nine. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, um, yeah. So definitely, yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about the the quest. Uh, this picks up right after you you die. Um, you wake up in a Brotherhood of Steel kind of med bay, and it's still. So this really underlines, you know, and, and it's a word that you should have to have a license use, but the ludonarrative dissonance of, uh, <laughs> of the main quest where, like, it doesn't – the game never wanted to and never wanted to allow for you to be a shithead. Um, like, it allows for it, but the game, rest of the game isn't designed around it because I, you know, was a monster and terrorized the waste and then get here and we get to the end and I'm like, no, you go, lions. Pfft. You know, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, so I still got knocked out and everyone loves me. <laughs> like everyone is, you know, lining up to, 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 you know, deflate me verbally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's kind of weird. But the real thing is that, you know, the Project Purity is, it's been a couple of weeks, Project Purity is going, they're producing clean water. Um, and, uh, but however, there's still the remains of the Enclave right. to hunt down. Like it's a real postscript. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a real, uh, you know, you did the climax, let's sweep up the the rest. Right. Kind of series of quests. Um I poisoned the Project Purity. <laughs> I tried to kill everybody, and it doesn't happen. If you drink um, the, the what they call aqua pura, mm-hmm. which is the the pure water, um, it will eventually negatively impact your stats. Oh, if you if you poisoned it, it has no effect on the rest of the world huh. that I could see. Um, yeah, so that takes all of the teeth out of that final moral choice. It totally yeah. does. It's really misguided. Like, I remember this DLC being better than it actually are, is. Yeah. Like, when it articulates, it's not very good. This is um, the only DLC I ended up not playing for this for this go-around, actually. So. Honestly, you, like, didn't... Unless you played the main game and were like, I love the Brotherhood of Steel, mm-hmm. and, like, I really just want to do cool Brotherhood shit and triumph with them again, mm-hmm. there's not a lot to recommend this, other than increasing the level cap and letting you play beyond the end of the game so you can right. wrap up side quests and stuff um so the kind of uh this there are a couple of added side quests which are cool um one of them is just like annoying like uh protecting the waterway which is raiders that are um kind of hijacking water shipments okay um so you can go with them you can actually you can side with them it allows for for an evil kind of response um and you you go there and there's a leader of the gang that you can challenge to a fist fight to take over his his gang and then set up kind of a protection racket on a water shipment, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> um, there is a quest um, of a ghoul that has a system where he is uh, buying aqua pura, which is the pure water, mm-hmm. selling it without the the bottles, and then using the bottles to rebottle irradiated water and selling it to ghouls as a cure for ghoulification. Yeah, I ran across that in the main game, and I was very um, kind of surprised because I don't remember that happening. Yeah, but, uh, aqua cura. Yeah, yeah, because you have the um, the DLC installed, mm-hmm. you know. So it's kind of it's interesting the way that 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 kind of shows up even if you aren't doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it just ends up kind of reducing down to, to combat or a speech check. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another one of those moments where you can be like, hey, you know who I am. Like if you're if you're a bad guy, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, but otherwise, what you're supposed to do is just intimidate him into stopping or kill kill his men. Right. Um, there's also um, a quest that I ended up missing on this go round, even though I've done it before, because um, I, I didn't use a guide. I was just kind of following stuff. And I didn't find this because I think that you end up. Uh, oh, it's because you have to uh, go to Megaton. And because I blew up Megaton. Oh, yeah. You locked yourself out of it. I locked myself out of it, which is about this uh, religious group um, who worships, um, you know, the, uh, the like they're like the children of the Adam people. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of expanding on that. Okay. Um, so it's the idea that, uh, you know, the, 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 the power of Adam has blessed the water and, and blessed, the, you know, its children, hmm. um, which is kind of cool. You have to be irradiated to get into the, the monastery, <laughs> which I like. Like, like there, there's a couple little nice touches to it. And the children of the Adam were really underdeveloped yeah. in, uh, in the main quest. So it's good that they get a little bit of love. Yeah. So the side quests are all kind of okay. Um, the main quest, I think, is kind of shitty. Um, the, uh, so it starts off with... Uh, you going with our, our boy Liberty Prime to go <laughs> mop up um, some enclave remainders. Yeah, it's like in an Air and, Force base out to the west, right? Yeah, it's it's a map. It's not on the map. You go through a, a tunnel to get there, and of course, uh, you know Liberty Prime takes care of everything for you. You don't do anything until eventually he gets blown up. Um, which, like, if it was that easy to blow him up, why didn't they blow him up before? <laughs> um, but they destroy Liberty Prime, so they have to take away your you know your kind of your plot key. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this relay station, you gather data from it. To find out that uh, you know the the enclave are kind of reamassing in this this air force base, hmm. um, it's not like the weird thing is it's not uh, they're not going to win. Like they're still at the entire time narratively you're just mopping up remainders. Hmm. It was never supposed to be you know uh, this is actually a threat. It's very strange. Like the whole thing has a very you know kind of a. a postscript kind of thing to it which is what yeah. it is um so you need to go get a widget yeah a tesla coil in order to um either determine where the enclave is or power up something that's going to take you to the enclave mm-hmm. where they're at and it's a main quest that takes you into old only um which we talked about a little bit in the last episode which is one of the major death claw areas yeah in the game, um, you're introduced to one of the weirdest and kind of coolest twists in this is that the Enclave is using these headsets to control Deathclaws, mm-hmm. and you can turn that against them. Um, <laughs> if you sneak into their base, you can actually reprogram their their machines and let the Deathclaws out and have them fight for you Yeah. until eventually you get far enough away from their, their locus of, of control and their heads explode. <laughs> um, but it's pretty fun to, like, have, you know, roll with a couple of Deathclaws yeah. to, uh, to go do some stuff. And it... It nods a little bit to the the Enclave experimenting with Deathclaws, mm-hmm. which is, has always been a thing. Um, it's a big thing in Fallout 2. Yeah, I was about to ask in, that because I think I recall that. Well, in Fallout 2, you run into an intelligent Deathclaw, mm-hmm. and there are no intelligent Deathclaws here. They're just like being mind you know, manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a fun thing you can do uh, on your way there. Uh, but you're essentially, again, just going through a combat dungeon to get a widget. <laughs> um, the Tesla coil itself is in kind of a cool set piece. It's this, this electric column and it hurts a lot to take it unless you go through a lot of steps to shut down all the power right. but you can just grab this live tesla coil <laughs> stick it in your pocket and take tons of damage <laughs> when you are surrounded by metal cool yes yep um you're introduced to new uh enclave enemies here too which are these um uh like flame uh what are they called like hellfire? The hellfire yeah yeah the hellfire armor and they have this uh this gun that shoots kind of arcing uh fire exploding hmm 
kind of projectiles, which is pretty cool, and you can, you can get that yourself. Um, this is also the DLC that uh, introduces the albino ra- uh, rad scorpions mm-hmm. and the um, the ghoul uh, reavers. Yes, the reavers. Or, the, the, the those are the ones who can throw uh, like flesh grenades at you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they are ridiculous bullet sponges. Mm-hmm. Um, the DLC gets a lot of. Um, kind of flack about that yeah it doesn't seem that seems more like it's not really a problem with the dlc as it is just with bethesda's well, like fallout 3's combat engine yeah well is it the combat engine or the level scaling like they had to put something in there to um you know match you as you rose 10 more levels above what they planned yeah before. it's i mean it, it's both it's it's the fact that like the only way it's the combat scaling but the only way they can make enemies more difficult within the framework of fallout 3 is to give them more hit points yeah like they don't have any other verbs, mm-hmm. you know, like they don't have the AI to make them tactically more, more interesting. Um, and this is a problem throughout the whole series. This ends up being a problem in four too, where like mm-hmm. things with huge narrative weight um, have a shitty payoff because, you know, at the end there's only a, like, Oh, there's going to be something scary here. Oh, it's going to be a death claw. I can eat death claws for breakfast. Like, <laughs> you know, at this point in the game, like you know, it has to do with the, the weird power curves of, of Bethesda games. You know, um, and it's all Bethesda games. It's not just Oblivion. Right. Like it, it happens here where like by the time I'm doing this, I'm like level 24 and I'm effectively invincible mm-hmm. because I have enough stim packs to just have a constant stream go into my leg. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like those units from Starcraft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> um, and you can get the armor that just pumps you full of morphine here. Mm-hmm. So like you, you can just be and I have enough morphine to do morphine for the rest of my life in the game. Like <laughs> I, I, I have to be the highest concentration of, of morphine in the wasteland. So if I'm going to get an armor that just injects it, whenever it sees a death claw, like let's do it. Um, I, for, I forget. Does that articulate that it's the armor that you can get addicted to? Um, You can get addicted. It doesn't I don't think it says you can get addicted to it, but I might've missed a log hmm. this time. I might say that in an audio log. Okay. There's an instruction manual for that, for that <laughs> armor, for the, uh, the medical prototype. Yeah. power armor um which you get in old only so it's kind of cool to have a like a narrative main quest reason to go to this otherwise optional location mm-hmm. um and it's if anything is going to be scaled for difficulty appropriately it's going to be this mm-hmm. uh just because it's full of death claws and i'm crazy powerful <laughs> at this point um after you get the uh the the tesla coil you're able to finally go to the enclave's base um you have to take a uh the presidential motorcade or a presidential subway kind of thing to it. Okay. It's not the motorcade. Uh, in order to go to Adam's I was going to say that thing is notoriously insecure. Yeah, exactly. It's got, it's got one major <laughs> security flaw, which is that it doesn't have a roof. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and, but you get to catch, uh, you know, elder lion's brains with grace and aplomb. Just like Jackie O. <laughs> Jesus. The, um, so uh, essentially you're fighting through a ghoul subway system mm-hmm. to get down to the president's uh, private um, subway that goes to Adams Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Um, you get there, you know, it's just ghouls. You, know, you fight ghouls down there and bots. And uh, you fight these over-leveled kind of bullet sponge enemies. You get to the Air Force Base, which is kind of a, like a pretty good dungeon. Um, it's huge for one. Um, and it is full of like, there are a lot of little cool side paths. Mm-hmm. So like the treasure incentive is bad because this is the last quest in the game, mm-hmm. but you know, you can go and like unleash some death claws. You can go sneak in and read some good audio logs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of about the enclave trying to, uh, reposition themselves as <laughs> uh, a place of power. <laughs> Rebrand. 
Re- exactly. Re- re- new uh, de- uh, Enclave 2. Um, <laughs> Crystal Enclave. Um, and they have a uh, the ability to do an orbital mi- missile strike. Right. Um, well, th- this uh, this base, it's like the base, but then there's also the uh, the, the flying like hover fortress above it. Yeah. Like jet yeah. fortress. Yeah. Which you don't which you don't get to get onto. Ah, um, you can control it from. Yeah, you control it from the ground. Um, so after fighting that and it's I'm glossing through a lot of stuff, but I'm really you just you're just fighting <laughs> enemies you fought a bunch of times mm-hmm. um, here. Um, you fight your way through or just you could at this point I had enough stealth boys just kind of like walk to the exit if I wanted to. Um, the big thing is you get to the uh, uh, orbital platform where you get to send down a, a nuclear strike somewhere in the waste. And there's uh, echoes of this in the final New Vegas DLC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different targets uh, for it. Not all of them work. Um, so you can, uh, the different targets are the Citadel. So the, uh, the Brotherhood Citadel, and that's the uh, Project Purity, Megaton, the R- Rivet City, <laughs> and the Adams Air Force Base platform, <laughs> which seems like a security risk in general. <laughs> a little bit. Like, they shouldn't have probably pre-programmed in blowing itself up. <laughs> um, but you can't choose all of these. Um, you can actually only choose the Adams Air Force Base or the Citadel. Um, so, which is cool. seems ridiculous. Like, why can't you choose Megaton? There's already the ability to blow that up in the game. Yeah, it's already a smoking hole in your world. Like, Yeah, or or it's not. And, like, I wonder if I can do this. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> I can do it. Um but it did lead to, so I chose uh, blowing up the Citadel because fuck the, the Brotherhood mm-hmm. in this game and, you know, go on, Clave. <laughs> and uh, You're a patriot. It, does, it leads to one of the best, like, moments in the in this game is because after that happens, you send the thing and everybody who's with you, all the Brotherhood of Steel members who are with you, uh, think you sent the missile to, to the Enclave. And, like, we have to get out of here before the missile shows up. <laughs> so so you get on get on a, a Vertibird and fly off and... It's, you locks you in a place sitting across from a bunch of Brotherhood dudes. And one of them's like, I can't seem to raise base. I wonder if they're having communication problems. <laughs> and, uh, and like, you're just like, oh. and then, and then you land and everyone's just like, you monster. And everyone turns on you. And I just had, this, I'm like, I've been trying to tell you how many settlements do I have to eat before you think I'm a bad guy? Can, can, like, you, can you just cut in the end credits music from uh, curve your enthusiasm right here? <laughs> <laughs> aka the music from third man which is more or less what i did i don't care if any of those dots stop moving i, I think that's the the third man uh ferris wheel speech thing that takes it out of the show notes mm-hmm. that's been like seven show notes or something oh like yeah that. you're right fuck so so if you haven't seen the third man ferris wheel speech <laughs> now you get to google it yourself because it's, it's in simpsons it's, and house of leaves and lovecraft territory now yep, it is it is in the canon <laughs> Yep. Um, not the cannon that I fired at the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, it's great to see the the um, the Citadel, a smoking ruin. Every Brotherhood member hates you from here on out. Everyone's real mad at you. Three Dog's still really happy that you saved Arafu, though. Um, oh, those, those poor kids are just misunderstood. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, if you... If you destroy the Enclave, and the Enclave still shows up no matter what, you destroy the Enclave base here, there's still going to be little random encounters with them. Yeah. Um, you destroy the Brotherhood base, there's still random encounters with Wandering Brotherhood. Yeah. Guys, like, it actually has no effect. Um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of goofy. Um, one of the things is if you destroy the Citadel, it opens up the way to their, like, hidden secret armory, mm-hmm. which has tons of, like, gear if you want it. <laughs> you know, like a bunch of nuclear grenades and mini nukes and stuff. So it's a little bit of fun, like, 
getting out with my fat man and just fighting Brotherhood soldiers with the <laughs> remainder of my like nuclear bombs. Like, <laughs> I'm going to erase your stain from this planet. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to destroy all your records so nobody can sing songs of you in the future. Yeah. It was the the you know, I was the worst thing that happened to the world uh, <laughs> in this playthrough of Fallout Three. And like, I, I had nobody actually said this, but I had this thought in my mind of people who are listening to these episodes and hearing me back on the game. Uh, being like, of course it was bad because you played it not the way it's supposed to be played. To which I would say, like, no, there are there are set options to play it the way I played it, and mm-hmm. I've done it the other way, yeah, a half dozen times. Like, it's that's not the issue with it. It's just doing it both ways underlines that there's mm-hmm. no difference or no narrative <laughs> weight to these decisions that are supposed to be weighty. Right, and if you are flipping a coin at every moral choice, like Anton Chigurh, you have mm-hmm. a fifty percent chance of having an even shittier uh, time. Totally. Yeah, or, or an even less narratively satisfying time. Like, well, yeah, less, less narratively satisfying. Like, this was actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Like, oh, I'll go kill the Enclave for you. But at the end, <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I wasn't on their side. You know, it was just, just you know, some men want to watch the world burn. Like, it was, yeah. you know, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – and as far as DLCs go, like, the increased level cap and the added encounters are probably worthwhile. yeah. Like, if I'm judging DLCs on pass-fail, I'll judge it on pass because the side quests are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And you get cool new toys to play with and you get to make this fun moral choice yeah. and actually stick it to the Brotherhood, which, like, the more I played Fallout 3, the more I hated – like, I hate <laughs> this incarnation of the Brotherhood so goddamn yeah. much. It's it's funny because this is probably the only DLC, like, maybe along with Point Lookout, that doesn't actually break the main game by by you doing it. Yeah. You know, like it actually like improves it and makes it kind of more textured anyway by As adding a, these extra perks and stuff. Yeah. If you want to just go grab infinite everything. Yeah. You just go do one of the, the, the three. The, like they remind me of like the the uh, Oblivion DLCs where it's like we're just going to give you a house with tons of cool awesome shit. In it. <laughs> yep. Do you want to buy like, a wizard tower for four dollars? Yeah. OK. Like, they're cheat codes. <laughs> right. Like they're just game genie codes. Mm hmm. And that's like that's what these are kind of like. Like yes, to to get all the benefits from Mothership Zeta, you have to go through Mother Mothership Zeta, which like <laughs> sucks. But it is just a cheat code. Like it just means you're more powerful than anything. Yeah. Um. But that's broken steel. Um. I uh, like it's hard. It's it's nothing great, <laughs> but it is. Uh. You know, it does add more Fallout Three if you're playing Fallout Three. Yeah. Like it. It's it's in the top fifty percentile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and that's and that's because we're you know we're judging on a real curve here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell me about uh, Operation Anchorage. Okay, so yeah, Operation Anchorage. This was uh, one of the ones that I was assigned to play, and uh, it was kind of chronologically the first of the DLCs uh, to come out, right? Uh, I forget Mm -hmm. how soon after the main game released, but it it was kind of funny back in the day that this was kind of like on deck very soon after the game came out. This is one of the first big games I can think of that had like a DLC strategy, developed mm-hmm. alongside it and so i was very interested to see how operation anchorage would turn out like how it would change the game if it would give you kind of new stories to go and look at and this is a strange bird because it is its own incredibly self-contained thing 
that it's is almost, also a different it's it's like a different game that's what yeah i was just about to say and it's a different game that is not contemporaneous with fallout 3 mm-hmm. like it's like a shooter that is akin to shooters that are more primitive than fallout 3 right or like like there are straight up there are health packs mm-hmm. like it's got like doom health regain <laughs> like it that's has a um, weird choice yeah it's it's like um uh, half-life even where you have like these it's not just health packs but it's like health refill stations yeah, that you yeah, can a, that you can use pretty much all the time, and that is offset by the fact that you can't really pick up any healing weapons. So they're they're pacing you through this in like a very deliberate kind of way that puts you more on rails than even the harshest Fallout Three critics accuse mm-hmm. the main body of Fallout Three of putting you on. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, yeah, it's a, it's a very weird. Very weird DLC. This is also, and I'll let you talk about it since it was Azure. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but it should be noted that this is the one that is um, kind of balanced, like favorably towards really low level characters. Yes. Which makes the economic um, results of this ever more tragic. <laughs> you know, like the fact that if you have this DLC loaded up, you can go out of the vault and get this radio signal right away. Mm-hmm. Go get locked in about four hours of like a weird side shooter <laughs> that ruins the rest of the game. Right. Like it, like literally, just like if the the part of this game that is, even you know, like you don't play this game for challenge, but you could reasonably expect to like kind of like that part of the game. Like there are yeah. some tactically you, interesting situations you when can, you're low level. You can like being resource constrained. Like like yes. there there are whole systems that the that the spoils from this actively cuts out. It's amazing. Like it is <laughs> it is it is really misguided. It's also like I remember reading about it at the time and thinking like. The guys, and again, I keep harping on this, and I apologize for saying the same points over and over, but every time the game brings up an example, I'm going to bring it up, is, like, this is another, like, exhibit, like, F, in the people who made Fallout 3 didn't understand what's cool about Fallout, is that, like, was anybody really thirsty to, like, hear about the fall of Anchorage? (laughs) <laughs> like it is such a weird like it's it's like somebody saw that in the opening of fallout one where mm-hmm. they show the the newspaper report it's like our boys are keeping anchorage safe and the, you know after annexing canada and it shows the the brotherhood member or the uh, guy in power armor shoot the guy in the back of the head in the street mm-hmm. and uh it's you know oh like oh shit things are terrible um <laughs> but this like inverts it into this rah rah like go like nationalism thing that could also be like an in-text thing though because this is not uh, i don't read this as a faithful simulation i read this as what it is which is a training yeah kind of thing yeah, so which it's meant, so, yeah. so it will it, it is meant to aggrandize your side of this because it is kind of indoctrinating you into it if you are a, a, a you know an in-fiction soldier who is going but through it, this I remember, and, and I haven't, I didn't play it this time around, but I remember there not being anything in Fallout 3 that lends, there's no commentary on that irony mm-hmm. in here. It's like, yes, that might be true in the world. It is a simulation that is super rah-rah, but for the player, it's played straight. Like, for the player, you are going and gunning down endless, you know, Chinese soldiers in a power fantasy mm-hmm. that is both a power fantasy for your you know, your canon character in Fallout 3 and for your simulation character. Yeah. Like, I don't remember reading anything that gave it very much texture yeah. in the game as having any kind of sense of irony. <laughs> you know, like, that scene in the beginning of Fallout 1 is is showing you what a shitty, like, world that kind of deserves its fate. Like, yeah. there's always this, this shadow, like, dark shadow of, of unnecessary violence and consumerism and, like, you know, uh, moral kind of depravity mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, led to the end of the world. 
right. in this. And this just feels like it plays it way too straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a situation that is kind of like what we what we charitably assumed Call of Duty 4 was, which is, oh, by showing this in a straight way, it's actually like laying bare you, you yeah. know how how ridiculous how ridiculous it is when in reality it was it was just straight <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> like be careful what you pretend to be yeah kind of um yeah. yeah so it's um yeah i don't i don't know like I, and i'm also not that interested in what happened before the war and i'm also definitely not interested in the military before the war no. <laughs> like i'd ra- i'd rather this I'd, ra- I'd rather this be like divine retribution for our sins than <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know than actually have this uh because the the one you know the couple two line explanation of like you know, there weren't enough resources, so we went to war mm-hmm. is perfectly adequate right? without additional elaboration. But, like, somebody who made Fallout 3 thought, like, players were really going to want to see how that war specifically articulated in a series that's, like, never about, you know, the coolness of soldiers and the war, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, I don't know. It just seemed like an answer to nobody or an answer to a question nobody asked right. to me. Yes. So yeah. war, war never changes, but the way they have you fight here is very different. Mm-hmm. Than, the, the, than the than what happens in the main game again because of those because of those resources so let's talk about how you get into this mm-hmm. um you get a distress call like you do for all of the other uh dlcs there is a a, a brotherhood kind of rebel sect called uh called the outcast that are holed up downtown um you know they're pinned down by super mutants and you show up uh, and you blast your way in. You're a big hero. Huzzah. And they notice that you have a pit boy and miracle of miracles, Gary. What does this mean? <laughs> well, they, they just happen to needed somebody with a pit boy. Yeah. No. Interface with some tech. Yep. You're the only person. Apparently this thing that is wrapped around your arm is also uh, like apparently the by the way they talk like inseparable from you. Like it's symbiotic. I never, I never quite got that, but it also gives you the ability to, um, to live out this simulation. Uh, it is Is like a USB. Like why, why is there, I can't remember. Is there any tie to like vault tech? Like why can a pip boy work with this war simulator? So it's a, it's a similar kind of technology to what takes you to, uh, Oh gosh, tranquility lane. tranquility lane. Yeah, in fact, there's a there's a line when you're you know being being uh, uh, shepherded into this by one of the scribes. And again, I kind of like the outcasts a little bit more here because they are chasing down this technology, even if they end up mm-hmm. being pieces of shit. Well, it's, um, it's not it's not hard to <laughs> outclass lion's pride as far as like interest. Like the outcasts right. are better. Yeah. It's still the second worst incarnation of the Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> but uh, but the scribe who, you know, is, is is kind of rushing you into this as you put on this skin tight sim suit. You're like, well, wait a minute. There's not going to be a devil, a little devil girl who's trying to kill me in here, is there? <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, what? And then you mm. go in. It's just a it's just a funny little dialogue option. But they're trying to get at some pre-war tech that is locked inside this armory, inside this vault-like structure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you have to beat this video game before it will open up. Mm. Yeah, and so you come to as a as as a soldier in this simulation. Your chute didn't open, and you've got this uh, um, you know pretty boy general guy who's you know talking you through it, saying, "Oh boy, we've got to get through these. Uh, we've got to get through, get through these cliffs." And you know, I came into this thinking, "Yeah, I don't really like this expansion that much." But this cliffside section, like the first half of this DLC, is actually kind of fun mm-hmm. insofar as it's a shooting gallery. Yeah, like it, it's a serviceable shooting game. 
Right. And, you yeah. know, like it's it becomes a little bit uh, tactical with uh, with vats, especially if you're sniping. This is mm-hmm. really geared toward my kind of uh, toward my kind of build. Right. So I was, you know, having some fun going in and out of this kind of cool, different uh, environment. Like, you know, we're no stranger to mountains, but it's snowy and just uh, you're, you're going up and down the sides of the hills and going in and out of these uh, kind of uh, compounds that are stuck into the side of it. And your goal is to take out these artillery guns and everything up till you take out the artillery guns is pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You still have that kind of resource thing where uh, they have ammo caches um, that you pick up. You can't actually uh, grab any items off of uh, people that you kill because they de-res immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that you interact with is hopefully highlighted in red. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a video game. Yeah. Um, and so you just kind of work your way through until you uh You're plant- in the R zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um until you until you blow up these uh these artillery cannons uh which lets the uh the forward guys down in Anchorage proper uh make some headway and then you warp down to the camp and that's where this becomes really really tedious. Mm-hmm. Because you know what happens is you're given the ability to turn this into like uh, kind of almost like a strategy kind of thing. I'm I'm picturing like the uh, the um, the mountain RTS tower defense thing in uh, Final Fantasy VII. Six. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, where you uh, where you can requisition uh, certain certain troops and you have a certain number of points and you can you can build out your crew with like regular infantrymen, grenadiers, snipers, just depending on what you think you're going to be going after. However, you don't really have any way to <laughs> to predict what you're going to need. So mm. I don't know how useful Mr. Handy is going to be, but it probably doesn't make any sense to bring one with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I made a joke in the Slack, and I might as well just like claim that this isn't an on-the-spot original, but Mr. Handy is what they call me down at the docks. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's because of how uh, the infamous quality of your hand jobs. <laughs> yep. So it, it, from, from here to, to the, the, the port of New Orleans... <laughs> People know that you give infamous hand jobs. Yeah. Um, but uh, but really, the gloves which... are off. Cole Ross, <laughs> Mr. Uh, as Mr. Handy. But uh, but what you um, what you end up doing is just going and taking out these three targets, and that's it. And when people die, you can bring them in. You know, you can, you can have more people sent out, but really you just kind of have this forward operating base with your general friend who is now your, who, who is now your uh, subordinate and for some reason, because you got promoted on the spot soldier. Cause he has DF <laughs> weird Bethesda deification syndrome. Yep. Like the main character has to be the God of any area. Yeah. It's like, there should just be a, like an election for mayor going on <laughs> at, at the border. It's <laughs> just like before you can go in, you know, okay, well, the votes are tallied. You're the mayor. Are you suggesting like Fallout Animal Crossing? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> like it is, uh, you always have to be the most important person in any, like, whenever you're not around, people should be asking, hey, where's the vault door? <laughs> I mean, Three Dog essentially does that, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and really, none of this combat is especially good. I like the the, the new enemy that they bring in, the Crimson Dragoons. Mm-hmm. Which are essentially just up uh, the stealth ninjas from uh, from fi- or sorry from Metal Gear Solid, yeah, yeah, yeah. or from like uh, Half Life, yeah, 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 and uh, and and that's pretty cool because that messes with your vats, so you have to kind of like hit them outside of vats before you're able to actually uh, kind of target them, right? You have to like mm-hmm. you have to ping them so you can actually hone in on them. 
And really, that's about it. There's a cool detail where one of the camps has snowmen <laughs> outside oh, of yeah. it. Um, and there's a, that there's a little bit more inter- interesting terrain as you're going through these trenches um, to uh, to get to a list name post until you finally get to this, uh, what was for me an anticlimax of a final boss for this encounter. Uh, but for a lot of people, I understand, is actually really difficult. Uh, General Jingwei, mm-hmm. um, who is, uh, he, he attacks you with a sword uh, if you're not able to talk him down, and he's got just like a ton of people helping him out. I think the AI is, is uh, also bugged here where, you're, where your uh, troops are not really any help to you. So it's mm. just uh, like a like a firing squad. If you're, it's, it's if you're... a shock sword too. It's an electric sword. Yeah, yes, Jingwei shock, uh, shock sword. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to three, say. Three times fast. Yeah. Uh, but three I just times. <laughs> two is too low. <laughs> but I, uh, I I talked him into committing seppuku, which is uh, a I don't think a Chinese thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not an expert on the matter. Um and I don't want to sound like an SJW, but that seems pretty uh yeah, it's pretty a little suspect. Bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit strange. <laughs> it's also for like a military simulation. Like th- this is this is programmed within the parameters of possibilities that could happen to our troops when they're like whoever programmed this, like everything they know about Chinese culture is you know, or of, of culture that is entire like Eastern culture mm-hmm. is all just based on like two samurai movies. Yep. <laughs> like, well, they can, and, and ninjas, like they can turn <laughs> invisible and they like to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I love that. That, that. that would be pretty good out of context. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, once you leave this uh, simulation and the, and the vault is unlocked, you can go in and uh, the outcasts say, Hey, you can, you know, have the run of the place, which is pretty suspicious because I don't understand why they would send you in and say, Hey, you can grab all of this. Yeah, because the whole point was they wanted the tech. <laughs> right, right. Which I think was just a, a a way for them to get you to turn your back on them. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn on you. And so you have to gun them down. Uh, and if you're able to run through here and grab uh, some of the items, there's some really game-breaking stuff. 100% game-breaking. Yes. And for, for different reasons. So, like, this is where you actually get the, the real best power armor of the game, mm-hmm. the, the winterized T-51B uh, armor, which is... Somehow it's either glitched or because it's pre-war or something doesn't degrade. Right. Um, so it's always at peak condition. Um, and the Chinese stealth armor just is a, like a stealth boy you can just wear all the time. Right. Like a, a permanent stealth boy. <laughs> what, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you guys uh, doing? That's ridiculous. Uh, Jingwei's shock sword is one of the better um, uh, melee weapons in the yeah. game as well. Um, and then the Gauss rifle uh, it lets you blow people into bits with yeah. just one microfusion cell, which is kind of rare early in the game if you're coming here like right away. But you get a good a, a good number of them. Like you, you get can... enough to trivialize the first ten or fifteen levels of the game, right? <laughs> like just by one shotting literally everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's silly. And what a, what a dumb plan for the Brotherhood to be like. They want you to turn your back on them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> into an armory filled with the best technology in the wasteland Mm -hmm. like why would they like that's so silly like i remember there's like um this is this is a a deep cut there's an old uh as part of the fatal attractions storyline in x-men where mag magneto sucked the the adamantium out of wolverine's bones Mm -hmm. the uh the x-force tie-in for that has cable showing up again and stalking the members of x-force um and there's a part where like, you know, yeah, like, and there's a part where they knock him into uh, a weapons pile and, uh, and then he goes like bad move cannonball. 
that's exactly what I wanted. And he comes out like holding like six different guns. <laughs> and it's such a ridiculous panel because like one, he had a gun, you know, <laughs> like, it's not like just more weapons equal more good. Like it, 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 like it just powers him up. Like he's in his element. He likes being near them, you know, <laughs> ah, the smell of cordite. Like it's, it's, it's just, it was just a weird thing where it's like, he already had a gun. Why is that a tactical error to knock him into more guns? Uh-huh. They're just guns. It's a comic book. You idiots. Um, like, I don't know, but it reminded me of that where it's like, except that played straight because these are super guns. You know, like, first of all, like I came into this being able to kill every brotherhood of steel member I've ever seen in my life. Right. No problem. But if you're just going to make it easier for me, like you dopes, you like, like you're supposed to be smart. Brotherhood, you were the chosen one. Like, uh, Uh, you're supposed to know how dangerous this stuff is. In fact, that's kind of why you're doing this whole thing because you want to control the pre-war tech. Yeah. You're not that different from the Enclave in that way. Yeah. Hi, my yeah, name's Ken Levine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, the only difference between Elder Lions and, and John Henry Eden is the way they spell their name. <laughs> that line needed more time in the oven, Ken Levine. <laughs> like, even if that wasn't a stupid idea to add into Bioshock Infinite, that is a stupid line. <laughs> the only difference is how they spell their name. I don't know if it's spell or say, but it's still... Yeah. Also, one of them's a black lady and one of them's a you from a different... Spoiler. And like, the, the, like, I don't know. You, you spoiled the wrong part of that. I sentence. did spoil the wrong part of the sentence. I think the the statute of limitations is probably yeah, that. yeah. I think it's probably okay. Everyone knows the twist to that game. <laughs> it turns out you fight Solaire at the end. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you get this stuff, and it's it, it genuinely does cut out whole systems of the game. Uh, the Gauss rifle um, is far more effective of a snipe, sniper weapon than anything you can find uh, in most other places. Uh, you also uh, get access to I forgot to take a note of this but uh but the infiltrator mm. which is uh, a really great com- uh, companion to the chinese stealth armor because it is a it is a scoped assault rifle that is silenced yeah well <laughs> I, i'm not a, i'm not a gunman but that seems well i mean which is what that means is you have rapid fire the ability to shoot from a very long distance with high accuracy and nobody knows where you're coming from yeah no i, I mean i get why what <laughs> okay. happens i feel okay. like a, a rapid fire silenced weapon doesn't seem that possible to uh, me okay I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I once knew a guy who had a bunch of guns and he had a scope on a shotgun. Like he owned a shotgun and it had a scope. And I'm like, what are you doing with this? Like even, even I know that. Uh, like, he just, he just really likes up. having metal jam against his head. That's what it was. He just, he just liked the <laughs> he was, that. He was, he was tired of his, uh, of, of his uh, eye socket not being yeah. broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it jammed back into that bad boy. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is so everything you can take from here, you can carry to sell for more money than anyone in the wasteland has ever seen in their life. <laughs> Um, yeah. and if you can't carry it, even more than a cool double hundo yeah one it's like a a, a, a mega hundo yeah and this becomes even if you can't carry it this just becomes your own personal like scrooge mcduck fuck pond like you, you can just like dive into your pile of sellable guns because we mentioned those things that you get but you also get like just a bunch of regular guns in perfect shape if i remember mm-hmm. right yeah there's just a bunch of just like vendor trash that is really valuable mm-hmm. uh here so it's just like that's it for you like you've just ruined Fallout Three for yourself by choosing the wrong quest to do out the gate. Yeah, remember in the first episode where I was praising the game's resource scarcity. Yeah, like to me it felt like it, you know even as an experienced player it felt pretty well balanced to keeping me just kind of on the on the upper edge of privation. You mm-hmm. know, for 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 the majority of it, this just takes away that 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 sense of stress and yeah. that and, and even that reason to like look in shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you what do you even want? Yeah. You become the man who has everything. Like <laughs> the uh 
And it's like, I get, so the, the opposite approach uh, to DLC is what like from software does, right? right? Where like it's integrated in the story and it's hidden halfway through the game. And people got mad at them for doing that because they're like, Hey, I bought this thing. Why can't I play it without playing the game again? Mm-hmm. And this is why, right? Yeah. Like in, in, and you know, arguably in, in, in dark souls, like you could make it, it doesn't have like an economy, so it's, it's not going to ruin as much, but like having this be something that you had to do later in the game when the rewards were appropriate mm-hmm. um, and balancing the challenge as such would have been a good idea. Yeah. And it's something that I think they did successfully with point lookout, which like one, because you can leave it, you know, it's got a meatball, <laughs> it's hard. And then if you decide, you know, it's, so it, it's level gated that way. Yeah. And then you can, you can decide you can opt out. Yeah. But this, once you're in, you're in till the end. Well, that works yeah. in Point Lookout because because it's a whole world. It can be a new hub, right? Yeah. Like, this is just a self-contained, like, this and the pit and Mothership Zeta, actually. Yeah, like Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just sequences that you run to get an output. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's, it's really, really frustrating yeah. and disappointing. And, like, something they do so much better in New Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it's as as much, you know, the degree that that's better is almost to the degree that companions are better. Yeah. Like it's so like, just not, you know, like going through and trying to ruin the game for yourself in new Vegas is really hard. <laughs> There's actual resistance. Yeah. I love those dear hearts and gentle people who live in my hometown because those Let's talk about uh, Mothership Zeta, which I'm going to crown the worst piece of Fallout branded content other than uh, the PS2 game. <laughs> like, I think this is the worst thing with the Fallout name on it. Uh, I hate Mothership Zeta. Okay, what would you say is the worst piece of Fallout DLC? This or the Fallout uh, um, like premium theme with uh, Avatar? Oh, the, the, like the like Raider pack of armor or whatever. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Like this is at least more things to do, so this is probably better than that. <laughs> okay. But as far as like actual, you know, gameplay things, I think this is worse than uh, uh, Lonesome Lonesome Hearts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Honest Hearts in uh, New Vegas, which is the worst of those DLCs. Right. And uh, and this is definitely. I think this is worse than than Fallout Tactics. And uh, I, I hate this. I hate Mothership Zeta. I so, hate Mothership Zeta. <laughs> so this takes... Th- th- thank you, Roger Ebert. So so this takes... Um, no, I hate, hate, hate this movie. You said that about North. Um, yeah. uh, so this takes something that was already pretty goofy about the, uh, the Fallout universe, the presence of aliens, which mm-hmm. is kind of like not really alluded to in the first two games. Um, it's just something that happens randomly. It's a, it's a random encounter. It's an right. Easter egg. So this is them adding aliens to the, the Fallout canon would be like them adding the holy hand grenade to Fallout <laughs> canon or the uh, the Doctor Who TARDIS. Because mm-hmm. those are Easter eggs, too. The, that, the, the alien encounter in, in Fallout 2 is just meant to be like a fun Easter egg. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be like, oh, no, aliens are real and they're here and they're everywhere. Yeah. Jeez, guys. <laughs> this, like, was, this would be like if the UFO endings from Silent Hill were canon. Totally. Like, that's what I, that's why like I thought of, I was just like, Oh, like that was a joke though. Like this inability to understand what's flavor and what's important guys, guys, um, again, consult me. Yeah. What go back and even at that age, I would have been great for this. Um, like I could have told you like, Oh no, you shouldn't add aliens to fallout three. Like, 
no, no, no. <laughs> Um, and, so, and then, and then the way this articulates this, yeah. so this <laughs> in the, in the main game, I didn't find it to be that egregious. However, with, uh, uh the, 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 where, where you get to this, right? So in, yeah. w- without mothership Zeta, there is just a crashed airship with a, with an alien corpse and, uh, one of the most broken weapons in the game, uh, yeah. outside of, uh, what you find here and, and in some of the other DLCs, the alien blaster. And it's like, yes. oh, that's but super it's weird balanced because you can have, you have like 80 ammo for it to mm-hmm. last you the entire game. Right. So it's kind of cool. Like you have a super weapon, but it's a super limited resource. Mm-hmm. Like I'm down with the alien blaster in both games. Right. Yeah. Here though, uh, they change it when you have the DLC installed, where as you go to approach the alien blaster, you get uh, beamed up. Right. Um, and you get probed because butt stuff is funny. It is. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, you get probed um, and you're in a cell with a very boring character named Soma, um, <laughs> who is just... Like, what is there to say about her? She's she a has a radar. She's a radar. She's a raider uh, from yeah. your time period. And like, but has exhibits no traits of raiders. <laughs> like, she's generally a good person who wants to help and likes you a lot right. um, for some reason. Um, so you stage a fight to get out. And that leads to a series of corridors <laughs> for the rest of the DLC with a hub splitting up into different corridors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, enemies that are all pretty much identical to each other. There are two types of enemies. Yep. You fight, there's aliens and then like the, the hybrids, which are admittedly like kind of cool and creepy mm-hmm. and don't just do the same thing the aliens do. But like the pile of dead aliens, like <laughs> at the end of this, like how many times I just killed the same thing mm-hmm. in such a concentrated, you know, span of time is just unreasonable. Um, well, what it you, eventually became like, I, I wish, I, I wish that I, that there was a way in interface to turn off the slow-mo kills and bats. Oh yeah. Like that. that I'm sure there's a dot on I and I. Oh, cool. Yeah, you, you just, you <laughs> just say like circle, I'm done with this. And just because, because I only want that on the last kill of an encounter. Yeah. <laughs> right. And even then I, I only want it. I don't want it with the frequency that it happens. Right. But like, here it just ended up being because everybody looked the same. It looked like several different slow motion shots of the same thing exploding. Is that it was, film? <laughs> no, it was it was like the end of uh, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just different angles of the same people dying over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so. And this is so weird. Like you you go with uh, with Soma. Uh, the, the second most boring character in the in the DLC, you go to rescue Sally, who, like, I kept thinking there's got to be something to Sally, right? Like, I couldn't really remember from when I was younger. And this time I was like, oh, she's too, like, precocious and perky. Like, mm-hmm. she's got to be working for the aliens. She's secretly an alien. She's part of an AI. Nope. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, weird little supergirl who can climb through vents mm-hmm. and do everything. Yeah. Like, anytime there's a locked door, like, she's a human lockpick. <laughs> and, like... She's so boring. There's nothing to her. She's just a little girl who's very perky and happy to be on a scary alien sh- spaceship and, you know, smiles at you a lot. <laughs> yep. Uh, the only wrinkle to her is that she was abducted pretty soon after the bombs fell. Yeah. So yeah. she so is. She doesn't she, know about the future. She is. For, yeah, she is from out of time. Um, and you're going to find other people who are like that. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, that is all that is to her. And because she's a child, I don't think she can die. Yeah, no, she she can't. Um, and she also, you know, she never fights or anything either. So you can't really ex- exploit that. Um, so you go up to this control room, um, you know, eventually kind of making your way to the central hub where there's these cryogenic pods 
which are for some reason outside of the cryo storage <laughs> thing, which I have no idea why that is. No, but like, just uh, it's it's the annex. It's the foyer overflow. Cryo cryo annex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get introduced to your 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 companions for this <laughs> this thing, which it, it takes that out of time. That's the most interesting thing about Mothership Zeta mm-hmm. is this people out of time thing. So there's a cowboy, <laughs> um, there's a samurai, and then there is a uh, Operation Anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, brother, you know, military guy. Just in case you didn't get enough. If you didn't get enough Op Anchorage, here's here's Elliot Turcorian. Tercerian or so, yeah. Tercerian, yeah, something like that. Um, irritating voice actor. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, at least, like, he stands out. Like, his voice stands out, even though he's irritating. Um, I like that the samurai's there and he can't speak English. <laughs> I like that. That's a good it's, touch. It's apparently accurate uh, Edo period Japanese, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like that as a touch. Um, the thing is, none of these guys are, are very cool. Mm-hmm. Like none of them are very interesting. Uh, Elliot has kind of a story that you can, you can follow. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, uh, the samurai doesn't and Paulson doesn't. Paulson, I, I got somewhere with Paulson. Um, just like talking about his family and his dad and stuff, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. It's not, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with, it's just his backstory. Right. It's just the, like, this person hung out with me long enough to tell me secrets. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Elliot, which actually, you know, he had a whole unit that was here. And you actually have to do like a choice with those guys. Yeah. Um, so in the middle of this place where everyone is, there's hubs. There, there, there's little like corridors that lead off of this little spokes. Mm-hmm. And you just have to go to the end of each corridor. And each one is just a series of combat hallways. It's paced um, really, it's paced and structured very similarly to uh, to Operation Anchorage. Actually, yeah. where it's where it's a straight corridor at first. And then they give you these hubs like in any order, go take this stuff out. Yeah, but it doesn't make any difference what order you do them in. Mm-hmm. It's just like so it's the illusion of of, you know, it uh it having impact. And ridiculously, certain people will just go down certain hubs <laughs> regardless of what they are. So like you go down and Elliot's like, "Yeah, I think I could be useful in cryo, but I couldn't be useful in in robotics." <laughs> but, you know, but Paulson the Rootin' Tootin' Cowboy sure does want to shoot some robots. <laughs> You know, like, why? It's just, it's arbitrary that people will go through. And Soma is like, yeah, I'll go with you to the um, the energy core, but I'm not going to go to the cryo section. <laughs> why? It's just to, to give you an excuse to go with these three different people that don't play that differently. <laughs> like, it's not that fun. I shot one of these mechano men, and there were gold wires in there. Little, gold, I say. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, they all play exactly the same. They all are ludically the same with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they don't have that much to their story that makes them interesting or ties them into the place you go other than Elliot. Right. Like Elliot going to the cryo storage makes sense because that's where his unit is tied up. Right. But like, I cannot think of what there is down the main hallways. <laughs> like, um, there's a weird little, and I don't also don't know the order again, but there's one where mm. they're like collecting, there's like a storage section mm-hmm. where they're collecting junk. And they use like all of the assets from from the main game on a conveyor belt, and they're just mm-hmm. random stuff. Like here's yeah, a glass, that's in robot like, assembly. Yeah. yeah, in robot assembly, which like okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, there's like a, a, a garbage disposal like shoot that cows <laughs> fall down every once in a while and get destroyed, and you can jump down, which I like mm-hmm. um, to get murdered. Yeah. The uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, there's a weird like they're very obsessed with the giddy up buttercup mechanical horse toy. Mm-hmm. Did you find that? Yeah little side thing yeah there's like a a little place where they're worshiping that and there's a bunch of them kind of staring at you which is kind of a cool moment and yeah. is kind of funny i also found uh some of sally's caches because she uh she breaks out every once in a while and uh, mm. just goes and plays and she's gathered some of the toys um yeah. and like you know behind like by the vents and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so th- there's that to look for um i guess the the highlight 
Um, and then there's like the place where they're kind of genetically experimenting and they're making human alien hybrids, mm-hmm. um, which you run into them and they're just kind of brute kind of monsters. Yeah. They just they're run kind of, straight at you. Yeah. They run straight at you and try to hit you. It's like a serious Sam game. Um, but at least they're not just shooting at you from not even from behind cover. Just shooting <laughs> no, at you from, from a, distance, from, like from a medium still. distance. Yeah. Medium distance shooters while making the little annoying alien voice, <laughs> uh, which is really obnoxious in this game but um you know you find the place where they're making those and it's kind of hints at something but there's the plot like the aliens motivation is not good or compelling mm-hmm. in this like they they're just they kidnap people they're making hybrids they want to destroy the earth you know <laughs> and again i get they're going for this it's like oh it's like a 50s b movie mm-hmm. that's you know if you watch the trailer for this that's what what it tries to evoke and like 50s you know and fallout are kind of connected, but that's not the kind of fifties that fallout is about, you know, Yeah, it doesn't, uh, and it just, even if it is, it doesn't make for interesting gameplay, like just so many fucking hallways and endless aliens to shoot Yeah, in this and just seeing that slow-mo over and over, as you mentioned, um, the big thing with Elliot is you get to a, uh, a place where his companions are frozen and you can either unthaw them and have them fight with you for a little bit, or you can keep them frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not a very good, you know, oh, great, they get to be frozen. Because <laughs> um, when they get unfrozen, they're going to die. So I chose to thaw them out, and they, they were thankful for one last chance to fight and immediately just <laughs> died because they're idiots. Yeah. And then uh, and then Elliot's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's something down the hangar. If you, you, you take Pulse in there, and there's a, there's a ship that's kind of held up in stasis or uh, in equilibrium yeah. by these pylons, and it's kind of like a like a rush. Like a pinball like, machine. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So you have these yeah. waves of enemy, enemies coming at you, and you press these different buttons to make the ship uh, kind of move in a different direction and send out a shockwave. Uh, so you're just trying to take them out, and then Pulse is getting the stragglers. Yeah. There's something like something that quest didn't work mm-hmm. right for me. Um, where like it, the aliens didn't just didn't show up, and that encounter just didn't end. Oh man! Like, somebody had to have been stuck on a a hallway somewhere. Yeah, and just didn't show up. So I ended up actually using no clip to like <laughs> just bypass, like leave. Well, you're also dealing us. with uh, with teleporters in a lot of yeah. these, which is straight up like mid '90s FPS level design. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And um, th- this 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 uh this section really uh suffers from a lack of like things to get. Mm-hmm. So like if you if you think of like a game like this where it has loot, or, I mean, any, like, most games have things you can pick up. Um, we talk a lot about, like, reward structure in uh, Bonfire's Eye Chat. Yep. So, like, if you're going to make me go down a difficult hallway or go down a side path, you put something at the end of that path to make it worth it, mm-hmm. right? Like, contextualize the path. Like, and that that can be, like, an interesting thing, like the, the you know, giddy up buttercup, you know, toys. Mm-hmm. Or, but more, or, like, an, uh, a, something you can read, like an audio log or something like that. Yeah. And the, the, to be fair, they do have audio logs here. Yeah, there are a lot um, of and, audio logs. In, in, in most of the uh, in most of these different pods, even the empty ones, you can pick up these uh, these these tapes of kind of the interrogations and probings. Yeah. Um, but if you're not keen on just listening to 90 seconds of screaming for for yes. maybe like one sentence, then it becomes yes. a little bit, and that's hindered by the uh, by the interface here as well. Yeah. Well, and also they're not thoughtfully spaced out. Where right. like right now, I mean, still in my mind, like. Bioshock's kind of the gold standard for that, yeah. where like they place those really thoughtfully at the beginning of exploring a place where you walk around and hear the person talk about it and get the context for what happened in the past while you're looking at it. Um, here, you find four of them clustered together. Right. So it's like every time one of them runs out, I have to fiddle with my interface to listen to the next one yeah. and then fiddle and then remember to do that the proper number of times. Um, but like what I was going to say about the reward structure is like sometimes there are audio logs, sometimes there are little set pieces. For the most part, it's just items, but... I think there's five items 
in the the DLC. <laughs> There's like two different kinds <laughs> of guns, one melee weapon, um, like alien gel and then alien food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just becomes annoying to like, like I have all this stuff. I'm carrying all of the guns I can ever <laughs> carry in my life and to like go down a little optional side path and just have there be like a pile of alien food and, and a gun <laughs> or some, you know, some bio gel or what have you, which is ends up being super stim packs, which mm-hmm. like unbalanced the game. Like I came out of this with like 30 of those things and they are yeah. really powerful. The super stim packs with a small chance of like an innocuous side effect. Yes. That really like doesn't, you know, it's radiation because radiation doesn't matter in fallout three. <laughs> but um, uh, but uh, I ended up coming here actually not to get it to conclusions, but to get the alien epoxy. Which is oh, just yeah. uh, again cutting out uh, different systems. Uh, you don't have to pay to to repair. You just use that, and it repairs whatever weapon you're using at the time. Yeah, yeah. So it just it it just ends up being so samey. Mm-hmm. Um, like I got so bored and angry, like just fighting these aliens over and over. Like they weren't tactically interesting. They weren't in interesting looking areas. Yeah, there's uh, one interesting thing to do here that like stuck out to me as kind of like just in hindsight, earning this more goodwill than it actually deserved, which is the spacewalk section. Oh yeah, yeah, where you're walking on top of the on top of the saucer, like between the two levels of the of the mothership, and that was you know visually striking as a space as a spacewalk ought to be, but ultimately yeah. kind of inconsequential from like a from like it a play perspective. Yeah, it just doesn't lead to very much, right? And it's just you you kind of you know just walking around like it looks neat, but it's a really rare visual treat yeah. in in one of the same year looking. Like yes, it's not you know Fallout Three biome number two, mm-hmm. like it, it's a different biome. But it's the same biome for four hours. Like, <laughs> there's no dungeon in the main game that takes as long as this does that has you looking at the same kind of hallways yeah. for as long as this does. We uh, um, we haven't concluded this though. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, you get to the uh, the deck um, after you go up on the, and do the spacewalk, and uh, get to the actual deck and fight off the alien captain um, there in like a fight that was not particularly memorable for me <laughs> something that i like uh as you're passing through notable locations notable in quotes um you will have uh the the like a comms uh console with a 3d like hologram of the alien of the of the captain shouting at you mm-hmm. in alienese which is uh which is pretty funny yeah it's kind of cute yeah um but the big thing that happens is you uh you end up doing this kind of i don't even know how to describe it this weird ship to ship battle mm-hmm thing where another ship shows up and you have to use the death ray that you have access to to fight off this other ship yeah um prior to this you can find a death ray console and shoot the wasteland <laughs> yep. which i did because i'm bad but it has no effect right there's no karma like, like i did it by accident and there's uh, no karma and no like you're not actually shooting anything like important mm-hmm. like how how like i just you know it would have been silly but like what if you like could wipe out the republic of dave you know an accident or something like that like just that you know from fiddling around pressing buttons on a ship something that's kind of funny is you can see the entire world from here you're not even guaranteed that you're going to be shooting down uh like you're you're not shooting on america and doesn't that i mean not break like i'm not i'm not going to pretend to be like a gatekeeper of what is and what doesn't fall out but it's a little weird to see the entire world ruined yeah, because that's not what Fallout's about. Like, right, we talked just, about it's about bit. America, right? Yeah, because it's, it's it's tied into American nostalgia, mm-hmm. like it, it, and America consumer American consumerism. Like, you don't. Uh, so yeah, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is totally off. This boss fight, this like ship to ship fight, is really off too. Like, mm-hmm. there's so little to it 
you kind of have little button you're and you're you're always using the same interface so it's just you like trying to fiddle your little first person character to be facing the right button it's like a weird version of rock paper scissors because you're trying to set your uh set your shield because your shield and your uh and your attack use the same power base and yeah. you have to you you have to overpower their shield with your attacks which means you have to uh um kind of leave yourself vulnerable as you charge up so it's just a matter of timing your switches in order to attack and occasionally if they hit you uh it will knock your generator off offline and you have to run and uh, uh bring them back online i don't know if you can lose it though right like it's so like it, it sets up this idea of this like you know these consequences but i was not doing great at this because i was didn't care and <laughs> i still won handily yeah um after you beat it everyone who's on the ship decides to just hang out there forever <laughs> you know and it becomes kind of like a base like you can beam up if you want mm-hmm. um and they'll give you like some items once a week Right. So like Sally will have like gone around and scavenged and grabbed stuff for you. And uh, what's what's his name? Elliot. He will adapt your biogel for you. Oh, yeah, I will. They call him <laughs> Mr. Handy. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it it is. Uh, it's just like, you know, everywhere you step becomes your own personal fiefdom uh, in Fallout 3. And this is no exception. But like I, it's such a like a, a contrast between like big bombastic ideas and just really pedestrian gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like if you just like a one sentence description of this and Oper- operation Anchorage sound kind of cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're just, they're so flaccid. <laughs> like they, they're, they're so they're flaccid to the degree that they're liquid. Like they're as erect as a cup of water <laughs> and just the, the water in the cup. Not like, yeah. no, not the cup, know, the cup, which is very cup. erect. Yeah, cups are great. It it, it is they, <laughs> as like they're they're dollops. Like, these are dollops of DLC. Yeah, <laughs> puddles. It's a DLC puddle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I hate Mothership's Ada. I just I got so like bored with the shooting mm-hmm. and bored with the uh, the environments and just yeah. like frustrate me. But I think if I recall, the the pit's better. <laughs> I'm young and I'm in my prime. Well, I don't pick my jobs. I'm ready for any old kind. Yes, I'm a real I didn't play it this time, but tell me about the pit. Cool. So the pit, I think, has um, the highest highs and the lowest lows mm-hmm. um, in terms of these short DLCs. Like, point lookout, and we're saving that for the end for a reason. You know, it's it's much more substantial. Um, but uh, but yeah, this, this this kind of falls outside of that. Because at its highest high, it gives you these very mor- this very morally complex kind of situation, and it has walked you through kind of this entire world and shown you like the the, the ramifications of, of of kind of what happens here, of the way the pit works, and then it throws a curveball at you at the very end. Uh, that makes you kind of think, okay, this isn't as straightforward as I think it might be, but it actually might be as straightforward. Like, it's very difficult to tell where it's going to go. The problem is that you have to go through a whole lot of just kind of like a um, a checklist of of gameplay features to get there, right? You have to go through mm-hmm. a lot of very uninteresting stuff that's kind of like, you're you're just keeping me from the cool stuff. And that was kind of exacerbated this the second time because I knew what was waiting for me at the end and I'm like why am I in an, in an arena fight <laughs> yeah I don't want to do an arena fight that's stupid 
But yeah. here we are. So the pit has you going to Pittsburgh right and this is cool because it's not very often that we get to go to like different cities especially one that's kind of as minor as pittsburgh sorry people who are live, you know people who live in pittsburgh or are from there but like you know the midwest in that particular section of the country is not a place where games happen and it's mm-hmm. not a place we've seen in fallout like what fallout tactics is like illinois yes yeah it's, it's, yeah. A, it's chicago yeah. So it's cool to get to go there and especially cool like Pittsburgh in the 50s was apparently not a really good place to be because of mm. the because of the steel industry and just the general rust beltitude of it. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that everything was frozen there and you add a nuclear apocalypse on top of it means stuff is really really dire there. So you get a a distress call from uh this guy named Werner who is uh uh looking for some help, right? He wants to use He's to... directing Grizzly Man. <laughs> and he's looking for a subject. <laughs> Yep. I realized I put a little, I probably put a little too much stank on that Werner. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just Werner, but uh, you know, yeah. sue me. I like the I like the idea of uh Werner Herzog like he he him coming up with the idea of Grizzly Man and then trying to cast it as opposed to it like he just has to engineer the situation. <laughs> the bears don't like it when I love the belly this way. He gets them good and angry. <laughs> I look upon nature and all I see is death and destruction. Yeah. Um, but um, I love Renner song. <laughs> um, but um, you get a call from this guy and you show up and uh, there are kind of raiders of a different stripe there, uh, you know, fighting and killing, uh, you know, uh, these people. And there, there's even a slave pen. And what they what they straight up say here is, hey, you, you know how you see a bunch of slavers, but not really a lot of slaves. Well, the capital mm-hmm. wasteland uh, is an exporter, and yeah. w- w- where they're being exported to is mostly um, is mostly the pit. And so I show up there, and there's the, the, there's a pen there, and uh, uh, Werner says like, yeah, you know, you could you should probably dress yourself up as a as a slave so you can get in and uh, and <laughs> at step two and then step three get your get you know get into get into the pit itself uh however the slavers recognize me because i'm that guy who shot up uh paradise falls oh yeah yep and so that turned into uh just uh just a bloodbath as i free the slaves as i want to do and end up uh going to the pit and so you you get onto a uh, uh it's like a railroad tunnel and you have a hand cart you know like mm-hmm. one of those old-timey a uh, lever kind of thing. Yeah, like from like Looney Tunes. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, or like Donkey Kong Country or something. Yeah. And so you end up, uh, I guess, traveling a good distance across the country on this mm-hmm. on this thing. I, I I never check and see how much time passes. I think it takes a month to get to Point Lookout. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long it takes to get to the pit. But once you get there, uh, there's really not much you can do um because you can't leave until your until your business is done and when you get into the pit proper after uh kind of crossing over this bridge that's covered with mines and there are snipers and stuff dressed as this slave um they take away all your gear and it's uh kept from you and withheld from you until pretty much the very very end of this so mm-hmm. you you are in for a penny and in for a pound and in for all of your caps and armor i think you can conceal a knife you I can. Think there's like sealed weapons, but there's not really a point to because they're going to give you the most powerful melee weapon in the game pretty quick. <laughs> yep. So 
So you show up and uh, they're using the infrastructure here, uh, the, the, the the steel infrastructure, as kind of a way to just uh, generate a bunch of trade goods and, you know, armor and try and make inroads into the rest of the city, which is difficult to do because there's some kind of mutation that's happening on top of the radiation uh, that turns people into troglodytes or trogs, which isn't that a band? Uh, the Trogs, yeah, they did Love Is All Around. There we go, yeah. yeah. So you turn into one of those guys. <laughs> so it's mostly like uptown and downtown uh, that, yes. you're able to, uh, that you're able to get to here. Uh, but there is like a straight up um, kind of like slave culture here. And there's a woman named Medea, which, uh, boy, does that inspire confidence when uh, the, 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 uh, the twist comes up. Mm -hmm. but, we'll, but we'll come there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, and you have to find her and you have to kind of play act as a slave and eventually earn your freedom so you can get an audience with uh, with Asher, the guy who runs this place. And there's a little bit you can do. You run around and you see like it's it's genuinely like a different visual design here. It's a little bit mm -hmm. darker, a little bit smoggier. Um, you know, there, it seems like there are more people just kind of like doing stuff as opposed to just kind of like milling about and looking at, at corners in a ship, <laughs> which is, which is kind of neat. Um, but, uh, your, your first trial is to go out to the, to the junkyards and kind of gather up these still, these steel ingots that, uh, that fall out of the, uh, that fall out of the refineries. And in order to, 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 to survive this, because they send you out there unarmed because they want to call the population or whatever, you go to this guy and you get the aforementioned strongest melee weapon in the game, this auto axe, which is, um, it, just describe this for me, Gary. I'm trying to remember because I didn't play it for this, yeah, this yeah. time around. It is like it reminds me of like the Homer's auto hammer, right? Little like, bit. It's, it's, it's like a it, saw blade well, on but a it, stick. Yeah, it spins, right? Yeah. So it's it's, it's like, like a gig. exactly. Yeah, it yeah. is like the whirly gig. Um, but uh, but it's got this uh big you know it's it's a big two handed melee weapon and it's got this spinning uh thing at the end that doesn't require any fuel. Yes. In, in, fair, in fairness, the shish kebab doesn't require any fuel either. It, well, you have to add a fuel tank to it. It just lasts you for the entire game for some right, reason. Right, right. It's, it's incredibly efficient. Um, but, um, but yeah, so this thing will make short work of pretty much anything out here as long as you can see it coming, which isn't always isn't always a given in this area because it is pretty uh pretty circuitous you know mm -hmm. what, it, what it has you you know the, the area that it has you navigating uh but uh if you're able to even just like do like a vats you're going to destroy everything and you can pick up um some uh weapons off of bodies you know people who fell before you um but uh um, even if you're not specced for melee like i never put anything into melee uh this is a good weapon like way too good of a weapon mm -hmm. And eventually you get a unique version called the man opener, which I ended up using uh, in, in like my last melee playthrough. I, I, done, mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> I like that. I, I didn't get the man opener, but that's a good name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you get back and uh, you find out uh, that uh, the arena is opening up. This is some deus ex machina. Apparently <laughs> uh, Asher, uh, he, he uh, promotes from within. And uh, the way that he gets new lieutenants is to force the uh, the lowly slaves to fight each other, and whoever rises to the top will uh, will gain their freedom, uh, get all their shit back, and uh, um, and gain an audience with him. Yeah, go solve steel crimes with Asher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, you get. Uh, <laughs> You just go through these two uh, or these these three different fights, Gary. I was mistaken. The infiltrator wasn't uh, wasn't Operation Anchorage. It was actually this, the pit. Okay. Yeah. 
oops but um yeah but it's just like you fight just a random dude you fight the bear brothers uh who throw explosives at you and then you fight gruber um who writes about apple news and carrie is the infiltrator um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i you get tougher like if, that, some, if that's a reference you have to tell me what it is if you want it in the show notes you know it's, uh, john gruber of daring fireball okay yeah i don't know it's, who that is it's, it's, it's that some, wasn't gonna make it so it's, it's, it's something you would hate um, yeah, it sounds like it yeah. he writes out apple and he throws a yeah but uh something that happens in a lot of these uh in a lot of these uh expansions here is that you get perks just for doing stuff mm-hmm. and it's kind of passed off as like your knowledge so like your your time as a pit fighter in the pit has made you tougher so you get plus one damage resistance yeah yeah, yeah. I'm actually okay with that. They don't they don't do that very much in uh, the other DLCs we've covered mm-hmm. so far. Um, obviously, Broken Seal just has a traditional perk structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get one perk in Zeta if you collect all the logs, which mm-hmm. allows you to do more damage to aliens. <laughs> which you can't collect all the logs until you know near the end of the the DLC. Mm-hmm. So fuck that. <laughs> and then there's also ones in Operation Anchorage, but I can't remember which one what they are. Um, but giving you little perks for doing it, that bothers me less than just giving you infinite guns to sell. Mm-hmm. Like at least seems like it's, uh, yeah. you know, it has a better flavor. Yeah. Definitely. So I haven't really talked about what the plan is. So Werner has sent you here um, because he knows that there is a cure for this affliction that is kind of keeping the slaves down. Um, there is something and they're incredibly vague about what this is, but it is a thing which is untainted. Uh, by this by this plague in this area and has the possibility to be turned into something that uh, can uh, you know kind of remove the yoke from these people right Mm -hmm. so with your freedom earned in your audience with asher um, (laughs) uh, secured you are kind of tasked by medea and by warner to uh, go in there and grab this and so you go into uh, the palatial estate uh, where Asher is living and you meet his wife, who is just a lady, a scientist, mm-hmm. like just, you know, everybody mm-hmm. else is walking around in like Mad Max, <laughs> like spike armor and is, you know, <laughs> wielding spinal columns, like whip blades and stuff. And she's just like, oh, hello. Would you yeah. like to meet my daughter? Oh, turns out my daughter is the cure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She, uh, Friday, she's in love. <laughs> yeah. So, so all of this, um, is an effort to keep this baby safe as they slowly research this, this baby in a way that doesn't hurt her because it's important to Asher and his wife that this baby remains safe. So like all of a sudden these are, you know, these people you thought were monsters are cast as not completely 100% monsters, but they're still slavers. So, hmm. Yeah. And you get the sense that. And even like within the ranks, you're like, this would all be over a lot faster if we were, if we were willing to hurt this kid. Right. So it becomes like utilitarian versus, you know, deontology or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good of the many. Right. And so that's the curveball that they throw at you because nobody told you that this was a kidnapping mission. And if you're playing a straight up good character, Mm -hmm. um, you're probably not going to be down with just like straight up grabbing a kid and delivering it to a person named Medea, who is named after a mythological figure who was known for killing kids. Yeah. And, and known for planning, uh, roxious, uh, kind of family reunions and weddings. She went to jail. She's a felon. Yeah. She's she's a hero. (laughs) She's a freedom fighter. (laughs) One, One person's Medea jail. 
Gilbert is another person's Medea Freedom Fighter. <laughs> um, so, um, Asher, uh, again, with his spike armor and his, and his flesh mops, um, he knows that you were sent here to do this and he hopes that you're going to do, uh, the right thing, which is pretty unclear. Do you endorse slavery but protect the life of a child or do you endanger the life of a child to free a bunch of adults? Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up grabbing this baby and running with her like a football. Yeah, which adding a baby to an inventory is great. I love <laughs> yep. it when it happens in uh it happens in Zelda 2. <laughs> it happens in all kinds of games where you just like doink. <laughs> like, um, I'm gonna move around my various power armors to find a place for this baby to sit in my inside, pocket. inside like, the power armor. Yeah. <laughs> what if a baby could pilot power armor? That's cute. Like I, I like that. Um this is a you could you could do it. This isn't a spoiler, but in uh in Fallout 4 there's a character who uh has has lost her legs and can't take off power armor. Oh wow! Because she uses it as like, and like that makes me think of that. It was just kind of a torso <laughs> in the middle of power armor, like just the head. I, I, love, I love the idea of the baby enclave. It's like follow babies needs to happen. <laughs> oh, maybe they're working for the. Uh, maybe the aliens are working for them, bringing them all the buttercups. Yeah, <laughs> follow babies. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite details. One of the people uh, in the uh, in the palace. His name is Trouble Man, yeah. which is a straight up Aquid <laughs> reference. Yeah. All the souls did burn. <laughs> yep. Mm. Um, but uh, but I take it back to Ver to, to Werner rather, uh, who is a real dick now that he has what he wants. Mm. And I ask him, Hey, why didn't you tell me that was uh, gonna be? You know, why didn't you tell me it was a kid? He's like, Well, you would have whined, wouldn't you? Like, okay, yeah. well, and then to make it even worse, you know, you're in for a penny and for a pound. Again, I use that, uh, I use that idiom because he wants you to wipe out all of those uptown bastards, all of the slavers by turning off the lights so that the trogs will descend upon, uh, the slavers and kill them all so that the slaves can retake it, which sets Werner up to be just the new Asher. Yes. Yeah. Cycle of, cycle of violence. Yep. And so... That's the way that this ends. Um, all of those people are dead. Um, and the kind of the big long lasting perk of this is that you get the ability to craft ammo. But by this mm -hmm. point, especially because this comes right after Operation Anchorage and the release order, mm -hmm. uh, you have all the ammo you're ever going to need. Yes. So a little lame. I like this because it's a cool story. I wish it's, that it's... there wasn't as much like bad set piece stuff to get. Yeah. You. It's it's not like I mean it's just a good of the many kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, as far as complicated moral situations, even in Fallout games. Like it's not top tier. Mm -hmm. It's just top tier for Fallout Three. Just top you know, tier like, for Fallout Three. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like this is you know probably the best moral decision you have to face in Fallout Three. Mm -hmm. You know it's it's way it has way more shade to it and interest to it to like do I blow up Megaton because a guy kind of wants it to be blown up for no real good reason <laughs> or do I just not. Like that's the, that's the level we're on. So grading on a curve, it's incredible. <laughs> like, but it's not, you know, this is, this is no, you know, this is no spec ops. No. Um, this is not, uh, uh, anything like that. So it's not, it's not trying to be, um, mm -hmm. but it is at least kind of interesting. And I always like, you know, we talk about short stories and games all the time. Um, this idea of like getting a chance to see how different cultures are dealing with different kind of permutations mm -hmm. of the post post-war era. Yeah. I really like this is the most successful of the, Hey, you're going to be locked into an area for a while. Yeah, I think so too. Like it, it's, I, I have a lot of uh, kind of goodwill towards that. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't play it this time, but I remember liking it. Mm -hmm. 
let's get on to the meat, um, which is Point Lookout, which is not just the meat because, like, I think it's the best of the DLCs, but also it's like a miniature Fallout 3. Right. Like, it is, it is like, just a tiny little hub world that you get to go and do side quests and explore new weird locations in. Like, it is more Fallout 3 in a literal sense <laughs> in an area that I think is kind of more interesting visually. Yeah. And interesting kind of the main quest of this is more interesting. Definitely. So this is, like a lot of the other DLCs, uh, a whole new map that you go to. Uh, but this is a gigantic map. Well, it's, it's not It's not like you're not going to a dungeon. Right. You know, you're going to a place to make your own adventure. Um, so it's it's definitely different than any of the DLCs here. Um, and it's closest to, I mean, most of the, uh, the Fallout uh, New Vegas DLCs are like this. Or at least uh, two of them are. Yeah. Two of them are more dungeons. But um, the idea is you just hear about this riverboat that's <laughs> going to this new place. Um and you just have to go find it, and that, that does it. Um, the uh, on your way there, you run to this lady named Catherine, who says like, "Hey, uh, my daughter Nadine is in Point Lookout. If you can find her, that'd be great." Mm-hmm. Um, and you run to this riverboat captain, <laughs> who uh, one he sells this thing called a punga fruit. Uh, punga is really up there on those words that kind of feels like a slur, but isn't <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, but and punga fruit uh, actually cures radiation. Um, so it's very desirable. And he says, like, hey, you can buy a ticket and I'll take you to Point Lookout. Like, this boat is not seaworthy to actually escape the United States, but I can go down to the swamp. Right. Um, you know, but I and he even I like it because he says, like, it's really tough there. <laughs> like, he actually warns you, which I really like. Yeah. Um, you know, because this is this is among the hardest content in Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't wait until the very end of the game, you can go here and actually get a good challenge. Mm-hmm. Definitely, so. and you you show up here, and this is uh, this is uh, uh, um, similar, right? Because you're still in geographically a pretty a pretty samey spot, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's swampy. Like you are on this big kind of like national park island uh, yes. that kind of has this uh, this this Atlantic style, this Atlantic state style uh, kind of boardwalk and pier on it. And there's an amazing approach. As you uh, as as you roll up, like you can't really control what you look at, but it's uh, showing you this mansion that's on fire, um, you know, with the smoke billowing up and you see this huge uh, Ferris wheel that's on uh, that's on the pier. Uh, and mm-hmm. it really does set this whole different uh, this whole different kind of style, which is a cool like place to explore. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like the Like, I love um, that's my favorite map in Left 4 Dead 2, oh, yeah. the amusement park, just because like it's such an <laughs> interesting with the clown zombies. Yeah, the, the clown. <laughs> clowns. Um, and then the uh, uh, I just like that uh, it's like a unique area to explore in that kind of context. Yeah. You know, like it's a, and I felt that way about this, too, even though it's like more or less just shut down. And there's not a lot to it. Mm. Um, there's a lot of like interior exploration and stuff yeah. that you can do when you actually get there. Um, and the the kind of main quest that it sets you up on, which we'll cover and then we'll kind of talk about side quests and moving around um, and exploring is, uh, is that mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, you get this quest called the Local Flavor. <laughs> um, when you get there, you run into Desmond, uh, who's a real dickhead, um, <laughs> yells at you a lot. And uh, he's defending the mansion from these tribals. Right. And uh, and more or less just kind of like sends you around, you know, and he's actually active. Like, I like how he's not just like, do this quest for me. Like, he's defending himself. He's got two dogs um, who are, are badasses and, mm-hmm. and fight as well. And, uh, and just kind of says like, hey, if you want to survive, you need yeah. to help me. Yeah. So he's going around and helping you kill these travels who are not mutated, but very much um, uh, kind of brainwashed um, mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 attack with a single minded purpose. And here it makes a little bit of sense why he's a dick to you, because he's trying to he's trying to hold his own while telling you, like, hey, idiot, go and do this thing. 
right? Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, he doesn't cool it down with the insults. No, he's pretty mean. Yeah. And and this is, you know, this ends up being kind of going down to a, a choice between two real jerks <laughs> in, in this thing, but are kind of interesting jerks. Like, you get this, like, oh, these guys deserve each other, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feeling towards it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's this final assault in the entry hall, which uh, manages manages to be a little bit more of an interesting uh, wave assault mm-hmm. kind of thing. I because... finally can use something with do something with mines. <laughs> I know, right? Like I laid so many mines, and I was like, oh, finally, I, I have like <laughs> carting around sixty of these. Yeah, and and uh, and Desmond will even say, hey, they're coming in from uh, from the upper right or the lower mm-hmm. left, so it gives you the ability to kind of like go up and just scatter some mines there. Yeah, which is which yep. is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you've, you've... I love, uh, like just real quick, like. I, I love uh, defending a house. Yep. In games, like that's one of the most uh, memorable. Like everyone loves the the opening village in Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. but I always think back to like defending the little house with uh with Elise. With, yeah. With Elise, like I love that sequence. Yeah. Um, like anything that can that can do that, like a game that concentrates on that, like mm-hmm. defending yourself from assaults in like a first person mode. Like if anybody out there knows a game that does that really well <laughs> and does it a lot, let me know because that's that's one of my favorite things to do in games. Yeah. I like setting traps. I think that's a that's a little bit of a thing in Rainbow Six, uh, whatever the newest Rainbow Six is actually mm. Siege. I, I think I thought that was more like, um, yeah, because you can set up, uh, you shoot through walls, right? Yeah. In that game, like that's the big gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like you set up little like shooty holes. Yeah. Um, I think I, I want that in a PVE. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. play with other people and do that. Or if I do, I want it to be co-op against a computer. I don't want to yeah. play against internet strangers. Yeah. But anywho. Yep. No, but this is a, this is a really cool sequence because it you know has you going over this whole place. And this is new architecture, right? This is a new mm-hmm. biome. You have this yeah. uh, palatial southern estate. Um, and even if you are destroying it to seal up these breaches, uh, it is it is still uh, cool to see. And this place is wired for sound too. Like mm-hmm. the, it's it's got a bunch of stuff. There's something happening here. Um, and uh, by proving yourself to be an able <laughs> an able fighter, uh, Desmond uh, condescendingly recruits you uh, to go get in with uh, with the tribals to make yourselves filthy filthy rich. Yep. Yeah, he. I mean, he gives you a motivation. He doesn't just say like, "Hey, go do this quest." I don't care if you do or not. He's like, "We'll, we'll make, we're going to make money mm-hmm. off of this." Um, you know, he, he correctly sees you as the mercenary that you are, since you've been just kind of going around helping everybody for money the entire <laughs> time. But he needs to find out what, uh, why these tribals are after yeah. him. So we we um, should this, clarify that Desmond is a ghoul. Yes. Yeah, which ends up being important. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, you know, go infiltrate the tribals. Um, he knows where they're at. So you head there, and you're likely to find side locations and side quests on the mm-hmm. way. But again, we'll cover that <laughs> and, be, and be attacked uh, by these uh, by these different uh, swamp mutants as well. Yes, which yeah. looks like they just copy and pasted the Innsmouth people. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very Innsmouthy. And like <laughs> the thing is, like I can understand, and some people don't like this DLC because it is kind of like Lowell Southerners. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Deliverance is a really scary movie, <laughs> yep. and and the like I don't know what it says about me. But, you know, fear doesn't have to make sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, like, people, and I understand, like, this can be classist and, like, has classist overtones. But the idea of, like, degenerate people, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, like, regardless of economic status or race or anything like that, like, just the idea of people who have kind of devolved mm-hmm. is, like, a scary idea to me. Yeah. You know, right, wrong, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's it actually scares me so like yeah. this kind of works on me the idea that there's just kind of and like there's other media that does that it's like one of my favorite uh things about uh preacher which is not you know which is really good until literally uh bill hicks is god where's your chin to, yeah yeah exactly like that kind of like the scary side of uneducated mm-hmm. violent people weirdly um, enough do you, do you know what the what, what my favorite movie about that is 
What's that? The Descent. Yeah, yeah. The Descent is really good for that. Um, the Descent is really great anyway. Yeah. The Descent is super good. Yeah. Um, but this, just like the people, people who have degraded and are just like mm-hmm. violent and like that, that whole, uh, you know, that part of deliverance is like super scary to me. Yeah. Um, well, you know. <laughs> so, so yes, the, like the, the, the xenophobia and like the, the, the utter clannishness, like, boy, oh boy, there's some terrible stories about like even Southern Ohio <laughs> of yeah. like in, you know, in, in, in modern day Appalachia and stuff like that. That's the scary part to me. It's just like, you ain't from around these parts, are you? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not, and I don't mean to paint with a broad swath. Like I understand like, People in Appalachia specifically have like are like yeah they have been taken advantage of and are victims mm-hmm. of of something you know yeah, like I understand like, that they are to be sympathized <laughs> with not yeah. feared they're, 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 the, 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 like what passes for their homeland is being turned into nothing but acid lakes because we're literally blowing the mountains apart yes you yeah, know like and and they're being fed nothing but Mountain Dew it's really terrible down well here. yeah and, and it's yeah. always played for kind of laughs like the the story yeah. is where it's like Mountain Dew mouth you know and it, yeah. it's it's a thing that is very easy to kind of like point and laugh and mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm doing that no and no it is though when you exaggerate it a little bit like it, it hits the fear part of my brain mm-hmm. where it's, it's like the same thing that Lovecraft does where it's like I understand that Lovecraft was thinking about black people when he thought about how scary this was mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about black people when I think about it it is just kind of hitting that same like fear part right so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying like I, you know I playing the point lookout scared the shit out of me <laughs> um, like there are parts that are genuinely creepy mm-hmm. but like the idea of this just kind of like people who live off the land and are, are, you know, and to, to be fair, they are monsters. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they are literally monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, a, it, it works on me. So problematic mm-hmm. or not, like it actually works on me and doesn't bother me. And I, I like it. Yeah. Um, and they're really tough encounters, mm-hmm. like, which doesn't happen. Right. You know, anymore. Like they're, uh, you know, they're actually like pretty, pretty tricky. I think there's four different types. Yeah. Um, uh, so. and, and they all have, they're, they're all like gerunds as names, yeah. it's like scrappers. And I know that's not yeah. a gerund, but I can't think of what to call that part of speech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this starts the next, uh, the next quest in the main, in the main line here, which is walking with spirits, which is your getting in good with these, uh, with these folks at the Ark and Dove Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Where the tribals are uh, kind of worshiping under this uh, kind of Jim Jones-like figure and growing all the punga seed in the area. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, is an economic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, taking point to kind of a, a strong point. So they say uh, in order to join them, you know, and actually find out, um, they, they, you need to prove yourself <laughs> by going to the uh, the big punga or the sacred punga or something like that. The mother the, of all punga. Yep. You have to you have to do the ritual of the mother's seed to prove yes. that you uh, that you can expand your mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you head to the the sacred bog, and it starts introducing um, like the kind of uh, one of the things that I was thinking about when I played this is that like it uses the the gamebryo um, engine for clutter. Mm-hmm. In a really effective way. Yeah. And this kind of shows up more in some side locations, but like just the fact that, you know, Bethesda worlds are always just full, so full of junk. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's more effective here than it is in other, a lot of other mm-hmm. Bethesda things just in that, like, Oh, like these like creepy dolls that are everywhere. Like the cut and paste nature of it actually helps <laughs> rather than hurts. Yeah. Well, specifically know? these creepy dolls that are hanging from the trees. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I guess I'll just, cause it's the best example of it. I'll mention it right now. There's like, did you find the, um, the building that's on the boardwalk that was full of the baby carriages. Yep. And <laughs> the baby carriages that are trapped. Yeah. The trapped baby carriages. Uh, well, some of them are trapped. Some of them aren't like, it's like you're mm-hmm. playing minesweeper through there, but <laughs> I just had this thought of like, Oh, this is the thing that people complain about when they say that like 
you know, game real games are just cut and paste, but mm-hmm. like it's genuinely unnerving to walk into a room full of baby carriages, like some <laughs> of which are have recordings of babies and will blow up. Like it, it actually like worked as an atmospheric thing for me in a way that it doesn't in, you know, in other kind of biomes of Fallout 3. Yeah. Anywho, um, you kind of work, walk through the swamp, you fight a lot of Meyer lurks, um, and eventually get to the mother of all Punga, which <laughs> when you go to take the seed off of it, it sprays you in the face with like... <laughs> it Jumanji's you, yeah. Yeah, Jumanji's you, like you get, you get some face spray. Um <laughs> And have this hallucination sequence. I love this because it's not apparent that that's what happens. Like you get, you get knocked out and you wake up, but stuff starts turning wrong yeah. as you start backtracking. You start getting like voiceovers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is that all the things you're seeing, and this is, I mean, there's no spoilers because we're going to talk about everything. Um, what's happening to you is that you're getting a lobotomy <laughs> yep. um, and there are symbolic expressions of that mm-hmm. that happen. Like, and you have to be really like on the ball to notice, like you run into a version of Mr. Burke. <laughs> um, who uh, is Mr. Or known as Mr. Break, who's the guy mm-hmm. who blew up Megaton. Yep. Um, and he has the same voice as the guy who's lobotomizing you. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's, it's him doing an accent because it's <laughs> him talking over you while he's doing surgery on you. Uh-huh. Like you see um, like a needle and thread go through the ground mm-hmm. in front of you. All these little like things that like tell you what's really going on. Yeah. You see uh, a lot of like medical equipment and there are these, uh, these fake uh, schmalt tech bobbleheads. I love <laughs> the schmalt tech bobbleheads. Yep. And they're, <laughs> they're so all talking for getting into this situation. Like, well, yeah, it's like, yeah, the intelligence ones is like, Oh, that wasn't very smart. And then just like really mean, like, how's your mom doing? <laughs> like, how'd that work out for you? Like, they're very like, you know, it's, it's this, uh, you know, your subconscious mm-hmm. of, of a character who is like, a blank slate throughout the game. Yeah. But it has, you know, if you actually, then the rest of the game doesn't pay any attention to it. Mm-hmm. Like in the main game, the, at- the attempts to kind of pay attention to the fact that you have been traumatized mm-hmm. as a kid growing up there are unsuccessful. And here they are successful because they're not as, they're not reliant on characters you don't care about. And they're not as direct. <laughs> it's not reliant on your dad. Like everything doesn't like go through like, Oh, I remember your mom and dad, like about yeah. those, like it's directly, about it's you, you like it's like you. Yeah. yeah like a kid who grew up with a grew up with his without his mom and whose birth caused his mom's death mm-hmm. and like what that might do to you it's actually like about that yeah you know it's really cool like and just mechanically like it's it's the courage to have a non-combat section like it's like a <laughs> I, I think it is a better like i like tranquility lane i think this mm-hmm. is a better expression of that kind of yeah. same idea they're they're very much uh, an expression of the same kind of idea yeah yeah so very i like it a lot mm-hmm. um you get to the end and eventually, um, you know, you get out and uh, uh, it gives you, you know, you, you head on back and you get this uh, this perk that makes punger fruit better, uh, which like, all right. Uh, and you find <laughs> out that the, the leader of this Jim Jones character, this Jackson character, just says that the mansion must be burned down. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to actually actually yeah. find him. Yeah, but he's 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 not here. He, he is out there um, in a cave. Yes. Like re- yeah. Receiving his uh, his 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 spiritual counsel. Yes. Um, and then you actually run into Nadine, the girl you were sent to find by your mother, who says like, hey, you know, during this last part of the ritual, they actually open up part of your brain. <laughs> like you get lobotomized. Yeah. And that's why the, the tribals are so easy to control. Mm-hmm. Um, she fixes it and like fixes a scar. You have yeah. to let you wear a helmet again, um, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fix it for you. And you can and she's like, I'm going to find out who did this. And that kind of yes. starts her off on her own little side quest while you do the main quest. Mm-hmm. She uh, she is she and you are two of the lucky ones. Yes, because yeah. not everybody comes away with their intelligence intact because mm-hmm. it's a real weird kind of true thing that there are parts of your brain you can remove and still more or less be okay. <laughs> yep, neuroplasticity. It's an amazing yeah. thing. Yep. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so you head to a, a sunken kind of this coastal cliff. Like I love the coast area of this, mm-hmm. this DLC. Um, and going to this cave full of Meyer lurks to eventually find Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's in there. He's knelt in front of this holographic projector that is just showing a picture of a brain. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about psychic domination and the continuation of a war that predates even the Great War. And yes. so <laughs> you send Jackson along his, along his way. He's more impressed that you found him than mm-hmm. anything. But this kind of leaves the tribals uh, in the dust because they're just a tool. Yes. They're just, they're just a tool for this, uh, for this great scientist who I don't think is, oh, it's Professor Calvert. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's named, he's not, um, like a character we found out before. No. I found out about before. Um, this, this has a lot of, uh, uh, whisper in the darkness to it. Like the yep. whisper in the darkness movie. Yeah. Like that's what these brain projections like show up in that mm-hmm. look very similar. Um, so that's how he's been preserved. So we have a ghoul on one side. He's been mm-hmm. preserved that way. And this guy who's a brain in a jar, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he says, hey, go kill Desmond and take <laughs> his jamming device because that's limiting my range. And then I will have psychic powers throughout <laughs> my lookout. Which is like, okay. You know, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Um, so you head back to Desmond and you can just kill him now. And then mm-hmm. you have to go take care of his thing. But instead, you know, I didn't do that. I sided with Desmond at least this far. Me too. And uh, find out about Professor Calvert. And uh, it turns out that Calvert was part of a political family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's vague. It says there was a scandal with a dog, Mm -hmm. which caused him to drop out of the presidential race. And Desmond was considered responsible. Yeah. So essentially, it's just this, like two awful people feuding and trying to plot against each other over centuries. Yes, like throughout eternity. Like this is yeah. like, you know, if there's any if, if there's a handful of cool things about vampire stories, it's mm-hmm. the idea of these like eternity, eternity long feuds. Yeah, I will measure my ve- vengeance out over eons. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> just these these hate elementals. Um, so instead of siding with uh, with Calvert, um, he gives you a, a jammer that you can put on the highest point in point lookout which is a ferris wheel yeah um you head there and calvert tries to talk you out of it but eventually <laughs> um you put the the um and this is where you can side with calvert as well mm-hmm. um but it looks like we both put the jammer in the ferris wheel yes we did and uh, he sends a bunch of tribals after you but um you know when you return uh the mansion actually explodes <laughs> yep like, like the house of usher <laughs> yes yep <laughs> and uh there's this little uh, we talked to, to desmond he's like i can't believe you killed my dogs yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah you know why to kill you kill the pups? You know who else loved um, his dogs? Yeah, yeah my exactly. neighbor. He was a real dog person. But, yeah, he had you know. a bunch of crazy ideas, long hair. <laughs> his name was Albert Einstein. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but he the reason why uh, uh, Desmond survived is because he has a bunker. Yeah, which is full of a bunch of good stuff, including uh, a bunch of the collectibles that you need for one of the more bullshit quests in this DLC. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you, uh, he says, like, hey, let's go um, and actually destroy this brain in a jar once and for all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at this lighthouse, uh, which, <laughs> which is, is super cool. Like, within eyesight. Like, you can just, like, take a leisurely stroll over there. It's true. You just walk over there. I love how he helps, though. He's really useful. Mm-hmm. Like, he just kind of, like, it's not like, hey, go do this thing. He's like, let's go do this, buddy. Let's go kick some ass. Like, yeah. he, you get a sense of the actual animosity and how active he is. He's willing to get his hands like, dirty. Totally. Like, a lot of times people give you quests in these games. They're like, I really want this done. And then you're like, oh, I'll do it for a little bit more caps. Like, no deal. But I thought you really wanted this done. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you want it done. And mm-hmm. this actually feels like you feel the hatred. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go get the son of a bitch. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, but you go over to this lighthouse and you go into the, 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 the compound that's beneath it. And, uh, this kind of works up to uh, a final choice that isn't really a choice at this point. Yeah. It seems like it was going to be more of a choice. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of funny because it's a little bit of like a monkey's paw or like a fantasy island kind of thing because, you know, there's, uh, there, there, there are these protect, protectrons that, uh, that Calvert has under his control. And he says, if you help me, I will give you something that all humans crave, but, uh, something, something, you know, m- megalomania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Desmond's like, let's kill this son of a bitch and the feud. And then, you know, I'll, I'll split the riches with you. Yes. Um, turns out what Calvert is offering you is just death. A sweet release of death. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Desmond is uh, true to his word, actually. So you kill the you kill Calvert, which, you know, I did. It's really mm-hmm. the only option at this point. And Desmond says, what I'm here to get isn't really like physical. He's out there to get the data because you have to get the data. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can go and grab uh, more ammo than you can even hold. Not really, yes. but a bunch of ammo and also uh, the microwave gun, which will blow up people's heads. I think that there used to be a sighting with uh, uh, what's his head. Calvert used to be more of an option. There's a cut perk that uh, is theorized to be the perk you would get for sighting hmm. with Calvert, um, which is not great. But like that's the, the kind of idea. Like it used to be an option before they decided that they would like the flavor better. It's just like, oh, he's a bad guy because these are both morally reprehensible like shitheads. Yeah. Um, it's not even the lesser of two evils. It's just the evil that won't kill you. <laughs> um, but that's the main quest. And then that's, it doesn't automatically send you back or anything. Um, when you decide to go back, um, and you run into the, uh, the girl that you sent off Nadine, um, it turns out the guy who has been, who ferried you here is the guy mm-hmm. who has been, um, trepanning cut, you, <laughs> trepanning you in exchange for punga fruit. Uh-huh. So he's the only person in the wasteland who sells it. And that's because he has an exclusive deal with these tribals, <laughs> um, to do so. Yep. And, uh, and I like how he keeps souvenirs in the engine room. I love that scene. Like when you walk into the engine room and there are all the jars with pieces of brain in it. Uh-huh. Um, I love that so much. And you can grab yours, which is the coolest souvenir you can have in the game. <laughs> Like it just, it's that, that's Mo. Like they even let you keep the piece they cut out. There you are. You know, it's, it's the, that Simpsons (laughs) for the re-education. So you, you essentially can kill him and then she takes over the ferry. Yeah. um, And, and will ferry you back and forth for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the, the kind of climax of the the thing. But what makes this DLC so good? Other than the fact that that little weird little story with the, the psycho, you know, (laughs) internal, conflict and everything is more interesting than the main story of fallout three is that there's just tons of stuff to do here yes like it is not a dungeon where you're on rails like it Mm -hmm. is a big expansive map with tons of cool shit to do yeah um so there are different places to uh to to explore like in the middle and to the north there are a lot of lot of like uh moonshiner shacks Mm -hmm. um things like that towards uh towards the south and then up along the coast uh there are like little caves and things like that and there are also more side quests here than there are Mm -hmm. in any of the dlcs outside of like point lookout sorry not point lookout uh broken steel yes um there there are more more side quests here than there are in broken steel okay broken steel only has a couple official side quests Hmm. um the uh so one of them is it's not that great it's it's uh making the getting the ingredients for moonshine Mm mm-hmm um, for a lady and the kind of fun part of this is that she lies and tells you that it's, it's cause she's sick and she needs it for medicine. Yep. Um, uh, I kind of wish that I hadn't passed the medicine check on that. 
um, mm-hmm. because I would like to see how it bears out if you don't, if you can't tell that she's sick. And I, this, this is like a part of the place where like the voice acting kind of falls down. Cause I show up and she's got this Southern accent, but it's like very much a, uh, um, like, a, like a soap opera, like, Oh, woe is me. Oh, I'm yeah. never going to. And I legit thought it was just bad voice acting. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that like, Oh, this is like a, like an LA noir kind of thing. It's bad voice acting because she's lying and is a bad yeah. liar. Yeah. The rest of the game doesn't stand up to it. Right. Um, the voice acting in the in the DLC is is generally like in this DLC is a little bit better than the main game yeah, voice acting yeah. anyway. Um, there is a quest. There's a bunch of things where it's just stuff around that you look for because there's the uh, the quest with the uh, the antique land and the velvet curtain mm-hmm. are the two where there's kind of like the treasure hunts. Yes. Um, the antique land is about finding um, an energy concern. Um, I ended up not doing it on this this playthrough, but it's yeah. like I got the quest, I just didn't finishing it. Mm-hmm. Where they want natural gas samples. Yeah. From various places in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never understood like what they were getting at. So you, you find this uh, kind of uh, beach research vessel and you go in and uh, the, they, they've got some political intrigue. Like there's this researcher who is uh, a liberal. <laughs> they, they straight mm-hmm. up come out and say it. Uh, which is which is weird to see that in a game, but uh, they're they've got this corporate espionage happening with uh, with a supposed intern keeping an eye on her, so her radical commie pinko ideas don't stop their profit or what have mm. you, uh, whatever ham handed political analysis you want of that. Um, and you go around to these uh, to these sites and you grab these these tapes and you know you're you're trying to unlock this this uh, this vault that has a not not a vault but like an actual vault that has uh, some medical equipment in it. Um, and you, and you need like her voice print from her voice print from it, but like, it's supposed to kind of get at like, oh, we dug too deep or what did we find or what's the history of this place? Because there are all these like caverns that are like full of lie, which is that meant to imply that there are just like a bunch of bodies stuffed in here? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's what it is. Is that, is that the, uh, it is all of the people who have died here and they're, yeah. they're profiting off of that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I noticed that. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it spells it out, but it might be it's you know on a terminal or something like that. Yeah, I, I like I only got like the like the vaguest hints that it was like, huh? They they seem pretty freaked out about this, and I know that lie and you know bodies and stuff like that tend to go hand in hand. Yeah, people turn into soap. Yeah, um, so the rewards for that are not really that great. <laughs> no, no, and... it's just, it's just kind of. If you want to do yeah, this yeah. little thing. And and that spoonful of whiskey thing is just go to the bunker after the mansion blows up and grab a bunch of fission batteries because that's the secret ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, for some reason, I guess I didn't take notes on the velvet curtain, but that is, uh, I saw that as being a little bit more interesting because it's not so much a, uh, it's not so much a, a, like a, like a treasure hunt kind of thing, but it's more you're following instructions for the spy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, like I a, mean, it, the it's treasure like, hunt, I guess it just means you're going from place to place. Okay, yeah, there we are. Yeah, um, because the, the and it's all about like whenever there ends up being something where it's about uh, kind of spies mm-hmm. during like that's one of the weird '50s things I think kind of works. And it's yeah. not; it hasn't been part of any of the other Fallout things. I just think it, I like spies. Yeah. Um, so it's this Chinese spy, and you see wanted posters for him everywhere. Yeah. Which is cool. Like he ends up being kind of a, a important character. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, you're you're just trying to find this this Wan Yang. Um, who is who is involved in espion, 50s espionage and mm-hmm. following in his footsteps. Right. Um, and takes you to a couple of different places um, to uh, the, this uh, army camp. Yep. Where they, where they held uh, held POWs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's now ghoulified and has robots. Yep. So pretty mm-hmm. tough. Um, and a detention camp. That's what I meant. 
Um, and eventually you end up blowing up this uh, Chinese submarine mm-hmm. on, the, on the way there. Yeah. I played this a while back, so I'm trying to remember the specifics <laughs> of what you do right, but you're, when you're, you get there. You are fulfilling this agent's mission, this agent that you find uh, scalified in a hotel mm-hmm. room, and uh, you find his terminal. Uh, and so, you know, with the promise of some kind of reward. Uh, but the problem is, after you blow this up and it says, hey, go to this, you know, undercover bunker uh, that, you know, is is your final place to report. You get in there and uh, it says, hey, go into this back room and activate this thing. It springs a trap that is like, OK, you're a loose end now. So we're going to kill you as this as this double agent. And you have to pass uh, either a pair or a science check or figure something else out uh, to get out. Um, mm. And uh, you can use that uh, kind of kind of that um, that that bunker as a bit of a, an ammo pinata. Like uh, again, mm. there's more ammo than God. That's that I think is one of the particular ways in which this DLC breaks the rest of the game. It trivializes small arms ammo. It does, but think about the, what you had to do to like find it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a pretty hidden quest. Yeah. Right. Like this is pretty hidden. You have to follow. Like I feel like you earn it. Yeah. In this and like. Giving me ammo rather than giving me like a, a death weapon, you know, because the weapon yeah. you get from doing this quest is not actually that great. Right. And it's decent. It's a decent, unique weapon. Same thing with the big melee weapon you can get from this, mm-hmm. uh, which is from the, the Plix uh, Safari quest. Yeah. Um, like just what you do is more interesting to kind of break the game. Yeah. You know, so it's like it still ends up breaking the game, but it's not. And also you have to get here really late in the game where yeah. you're encouraged to come here much later. Yeah. So ammo is probably not a concern for you. It's, it's anyway. definitely a more mundane uh, reward. Yeah. 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 Then, then like armor that makes you invisible. Um, the uh, Plix Safari is kind of cool. Like you just run into this very cheerful ghoul who <laughs> has this area set up, uh, where people travel, where you just let loose ghouls for you to fight. Um, and it's just like a little, like you're in the middle of a thing with some buddies and you just shoot, it's just a shooting gallery. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I just like, I like the way that he presents it where he's like, you're <laughs> bored, aren't you? Like, it's hard to find challenge anymore. Like, this is for people who, for whom that's true, like hunting. The, and you run into a couple of people who are like hunters. You're just uh, doing do this. this because you can. Yeah, Walker. <laughs> How many people were alive in Point Lookout the day before you arrived? Um, the So I actually kind of like this. And you get uh, an axe called the Dismemberer, hmm. uh, which is really good because it cuts off arms um, <laughs> really well. Um, but pr- probably the most substantial and coolest quest is the Dark Heart of Black Hawk. Oh, I love this. Which is a, a sequel. Like It actually ties into the main game, which is something mm-hmm. they haven't really done. Um, this is super cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, t- talk to me about that. <laughs> so you find this other manor uh, that is like Desmond's place. It's Blackhall Manor. It's on the other side of the map. And uh, uh, for, for me, I was like kind of wandering around looking at stuff. I think I opened up one of his safes before Obadiah Blackhall uh, finally mm-hmm. found me. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? I passed a speech check saying I'm just admiring the architecture. And this convinces him, oh, I'm not like one of the uh, I'm not like one of these tribals. Right. You know, yes. I, I'm I am I am a man of class and distinction. And uh, he uh, tasks me with a small errand, uh, which is to retrieve a book of his, which has been stolen by some swamp folk who uh, believe some mumbo jumbo about it having magical powers. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so he tells you, you know, he shows you where it's at and you head to this uh, pretty well guarded cellar <laughs> in the ground. Which is just like terrifying, you know, like not terrifying, but by by judging on a curve, mm-hmm. you know, kind of terrifying. Like, yeah, tons of court, like skinned bodies. Um, yeah, it's like that. Basement. It's it's like that one scene from uh from uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yes, right. Like exactly. you, you have a bunch of stuff like strung up. Like these are cultists, and it gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of insight into these people who are attacking you. Like what the local religion is again, like the local flavor. 
on on your way there, I don't know if this didn't happen to you because of your because of your your karma, but there's a woman named Marcella who approaches mm-hmm. you like right when you leave Obadiah's mansion. I think she's like staking it out. Um and says, Hey, you should not bring this book, the Krebekna, um yep. back to Obadiah because he's going to do terrible things with it. She is an overtly Christian kind of missionary uh type mm-hmm. figure and she's says, August Erleth. Right. Yes. And she <laughs> and she says, Hey, don't take it to him. Bring it to me when you're done. Yes. Yeah. Um so you, you had that good evil choice. I did get that choice. I just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. So you head to the ritual basement. You fight a bunch of really hard hillbillies mm-hmm. and get the the Krivbekna. My favorite uh, detail about this, um, the, the altar that all these uh, um, uh, monsters are gathered around has the skinned body on it, but it's surrounded by stim packs, mm. which means they were keeping this keeping person alive. alive. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um yeah, it's, 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 you know, super, super creepy. Um, but like the, my favorite thing about this quest there's, is at the end, but I love how if you decide to do the good thing mm-hmm. and head back to Marsala, like her little medical beach mm-hmm. area, which has, there's a little bit of like kind of short story around this of people trying to provide aid to the locals, uh-huh. um, getting fought off. That's straight um, up missionary work. Yeah. Yeah. Missionary work. And she's been killed like that with the word thief scrawled in blood. Die thief. Yeah. yeah die thief in her, uh, thief, the thief, the, <laughs> um, scrawled on, on the wall in blood. So it's like, oh, shit, like this guy, you know, he means business at this point. So you head back to Obadiah at this point and he asked for the book. Um, and I gave it to him because because I'm evil. <laughs> or no, no, I didn't because I wanted to I wanted to drop it and keep it in my as a trophy. But yeah. you can't actually drop it because it's a quest object. So I didn't actually <laughs> give it to him. But uh, I did. That's why I've done that before. Mm-hmm. If you give it to him. Um, he, he goes gives downstairs. You, he gives you your money. Yeah, exactly. But it's really subtle because mm-hmm. he. You know, he's just like, ah, oh, thank you. Here's a thousand caps. I'll get out of my sight. And then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But if you hang out in his house and follow him, he has a secret passage behind a bookshelf uh-huh. where he goes down and worships like at a at a death altar. <laughs> yep. So like it's this, and it, there's nothing you don't have to do that. Then there's no like quest like, you know, find the true secret of Black Hall Manor. Like nothing <laughs> like that. It's just, oh, shit. What did I do? Yeah. Like, he, you know, he is part of the aristocracy that kind of like kept this in the cultural currency here underneath yes. the underneath the surface. Yeah. yeah. The way you're supposed to do it, though, is you find out from uh, Marcella's uh, either like an audio tape or from her terminal mm-hmm. that uh, there's a building in the capital wasteland yeah. that actually contains an altar that can destroy this. There's a cool uh, if, you, if you go into a ter- into her terminal, you can see her travel logs and you can mm-hmm. kind of track her travels in her, in her diary uh, through these different places up through the Commonwealth from the west uh, to the capital wasteland where she talked to the father in the uh, in Rivet City uh, and mm-hmm. then back down to here. And she's like she had great hope for spreading the word before her life was cut short here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that had you, uh, you headed to the, uh, the Dunnish building, which mm-hmm. you can do out of order. Yes. And probably did. So people who are wondering why we didn't bring up the Dunnish building, uh, this is why, because mm-hmm. this is actually the end of that quest, which right. is, this is the coolest non quest location in Fallout three, <laughs> the main game for sure. Yeah. And I'm happy we're saving it for last. Actually. Yeah. It's a, it's a high note. Um, so the idea is you go into this building and, uh, you start finding these tapes, of a guy who's looking for his dad, mm-hmm. um, who, and uh, there are ghouls around. Um, it just seems like a fairly normal ghoul dungeon, but the atmosphere gets kind of thick as the, you know, the audio tapes, he gets increasingly terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and then there are straight up hallucinations. Like you see what this place looked like pre-war. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which, which is pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's a cool see, story of this guy trying to find his dad, yeah. not 
quite make it you see into a ghoul. Yes, you see doors opening up. And uh, my favorite thing about the about the ghoulification here is you actually you you get that in text, not from yeah. uh, not from audio. It's like a transcription kind of thing. Yeah. So you see, it's tasty. <laughs> you see an audio transcription of the actual bomb going off, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then you get his kind of like broken mutterings as he talks about this thing, which is below the building. Yes. So you head down into the, the bottom of the building um, and, you know, fight ghouls and stuff until eventually you run into this guy who has turned into a ghoul. <laughs> yeah, through the, uh, through like like three layers of sub-basements and then tunnels and then more basement yes. and then more tunnels. Yes, it, it just keeps <laughs> going down like it's yeah. the center of the earth <laughs> and eventually find this uh, this altar or this mm-hmm. kind of uh, statue, yeah. which is like part of a uh, like a mannequin on top of a an obelisk. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go up to it, you can press the, the Krimnika. Uh, or Krebekne into the the obelisk and destroy it, mm-hmm. and gain uh, a huge karma swing. Yep, only uh, only fools will fight these ghouls because yes. if you put this, if you if you do this, it will uh, send out a blast of holy energy, which hurts you a little bit but kills all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then that's that's the good ending for this quest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's a it's an awesome location. Yeah, you know, it was really fun to stumble upon. It was really fun to stumble upon Black Hall. You know, after when I went to the point, look, I wasn't expecting there to be a like a continuation. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a part favorite. two slash one. Yeah, of something that's not even like a quest. Right. You know, in the main game, like I, they, I think they realized like this is a strong part mm-hmm. of the game. Let's get um, into it. Yeah. In actual point, lookout, there's a lot of like awesome little details. Like I mentioned that room with the, the baby carriages. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several just little interior exploration areas that are fun. Um, there's lots of cool like the uh, there's swamp gas. <laughs> that sends up like little yeah. bubbles that glow. Yeah, which, that's like a, if you... that's especially uh, uh, kind of uh, salient in the ancient land part because yeah. all the places that you go to are these natural gas bogs with these bubbles that will just kind of like lay dormant on the ground, and you can shoot those; they will explode and kill. Um, people yeah, because it. the the hillbillies hang out, and if you watch from a distance where they don't know you're there, they kind of clap and dance around these glowing balls. Mm-hmm. Which is like really cool to have them do something when you're not there because yeah. again that's not great in video games but drawing <laughs> you know on the Fallout Three curve like it's pretty impressive nobody else really does that yeah um, so I just ended up having a lot of fun and I like the coastal area yeah of uh, Point Lookout ah, like, give me a rocky coast man like yeah yeah it is it is a fun area to explore so like Point Lookout is is the best I think that Fallout Three gets yeah as far as uh, you know actually playing it like it's the best difficulty curve the main quest is interesting the side quests are reasonably interesting. The environment is interesting. Like, it's a good little micro version of Fallout Three, mm-hmm. um, which is like a game that's about not being micro, right? Like, it's a game <laughs> that's about its bigness. But it is nice to have a fun size Snickers version of it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just to have it be such a different flavor that's still related yeah. uh, to the main quest. It's not like yeah. you're, you know, going to Canada or something like that. Like, you're just down the row. Right. Yeah. And it feels like worlds away just because of what the bombs have done to society, specifically, you know, even just a small little island with its sordid past and whatnot. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 short story writ large. Like this is a novella inside of Fallout 3. But uh, but it is a great kind of opportunity to get off the beaten path and see kind of like what feels like a little bit of the promise of what would eventually become New Vegas. Yeah. You a know? little bit. Yeah. A little bit of that. Um the so like so this is our last this is the end of the fallout 3 stuff mm-hmm. um like i'm glad we replayed it me too it it didn't it's like it's the worst one in the series like mm-hmm. it is so especially now that i've beaten four i feel really confident in saying that yeah. like four is significantly better um and i just i don't 
I, I'm, I'm less interested in doing the fallout debate on the video games <laughs> hot dog podcast, but I would love to hear them talk about like if they played it, which I know I'm, they're never going to replay this now, right. but like the, with fresh eyes, I would just be amazed if they still came away from this with that much goodwill, mm-hmm. you know, um, just because it's just like, it's so like, it's, it's a good game. I loved it when it came out. I played it a lot. Yeah. It's really frustrating though. <laughs> like, I mean, it's and, and like frustrating from ways from a wasted potential standpoint. Yeah. Frustrating from wasted potential and frustrated from like, just not being the stuff that I love about. Yeah, about the series. Like, I I needed to, I need to shoot over in this in somewhere because I forgot to mention the main quest. But like, like Jet Dog, like Jet <laughs> is so important and cool in Fallout Two, and like it's a major plot point. And now it's just random leveled loot. Yeah, you know, I open a medical cache, and there's probably gonna be some Jet in there because why not? How did you it know, get just, over here? Yeah, yeah. How did it get over here? I cured Jet. That was like <laughs> one of the most like emotionally resonant things I did in Fallout Two. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels like it. Like it doesn't like I'm not a, I don't think that like later entries in something ruin the earlier entries in it, right. but it does. It's saying though like the people who made this don't think the same things were important about Fallout that I do, mm-hmm. and that's frustrating. And and again, I don't want to sound all no mutants allowed, but it is <laughs> like they have a kind of a point about it. Like everyone when they were complaining about it, everyone just made fun of them, and we made fun of them because it just seemed like they were just like, oh, it's just a dumb FPS. Mm-hmm. And that's not what's wrong with it right. because, you know, New Vegas and Point Lookout and things, you can prove that you can do an FPS version of Fallout that feels like Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not it. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to come at this from the other side. Um, not that there are two sides to this, but like literally from somebody who entered this series with Fallout 3 and didn't kind of come to it with a weight of expectation about mm. about what this ought to have been. I'm grateful to Fallout 3 because it actually got me interested in this world um, mm-hmm. and served as a really effective wedge into getting me to be willing to play, you know, or, or kind of just uh, not willing is the wrong word, but preparing me to get into like what's great about it as like an introduction to this. Like you can probably argue about like whether it made you take the right things away from what this world means um, mm-hmm. and, and why this world is cool and why this is great. But like, I don't know. In a world where I didn't play Fallout Three, I can't, I can't for sure say that I would that I would have experienced Fallout One and Two. And writ large, this has exposed a lot of people um, to this style of story um, and to this world. And hopefully, you know, by this weird form of like filtering and osmosis, maybe it got people to get into the better ones. I know New Vegas was very popular. I know Fallout Four was very popular, and uh, you know the fact that. Uh, uh, Fallout 1 and 2, you know, mm-hmm. pretty shortly after this came out, like two or three years, were such a huge get for GOG and for Steam, means yeah. that there is kind of like willingness to go back to it. And so, you know, I imagine a lot of people kind of have my trajectory through this thing, which is having a tremendous amount of affection for this uh, affection for this thing that got me into this, um, but still recognizing some of the faults and that's a benefit of our, of our approach. We play it so freshly so we can kind of come at it with modern eyes, but I'm, you know, I, I can still put down whatever the reverse of the, they live shades are the part that, you know, causes all of the glaring flaws in this the to go pill. away. Yeah. I can, I can, I can take my blue pill, like a, like the beta boy I am and, you know, put myself back in 2008 when the world was falling apart because the economy was collapsing. Um, I was in college and I had all the time in the world to, uh, to really fall down this hole. And so like it holds that spot for me even still, 
even still after I put 60 hours into all of this, um, you know, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's where I'm coming from it. Boy, am I happy I got a chance to play uh point lookout because mm-hmm. that is the content that I've played the least of and all yeah. of this. So relevant to this episode in particular, like, yeah, this, the, <laughs> this it's cool game, to get like new, good, new fallout stuff. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I can, if I come at it from that angle and you're, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. And any of those things, right? Like, so it is, it got more people into the series. I it love. just means I'm a filth, I'm a filthy casual. I'm a Johnny come lately, you know? Yeah. You're a beta boy. The, yeah. uh, you're a beta cock. The, uh, <laughs> Mr. Handy, the beta cock. <laughs> he's not invested in the results. So he gives that, him partial, that, <laughs> partial passive and jobs. That's, that's not going to be a postcard, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Handy, the beta cock is not going to be a postcard. <laughs> well, t-shirt then. Um, so the, the, uh, so like you're not wrong, and like I would rather have this than nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I love like I'd much rather have this than than just have the series die, because that was the alternative, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know it made it very popular and people got into it. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just like objectively. So I had the same experience mm-hmm. you did when it came out. I devoured it and loved it and talked to my friends about it and freaked out about how cool it was to first step out in the wasteland. All those things are still true. Mm-hmm. It just ends up not being like a very good fallout mm-hmm. and only, and just kind of a Bethesda game when it comes to games, you know, like the yeah. gameplay stuff. Cause it's, I hope that when in my nine hours of complaining or whatever, <laughs> this uh, series of podcasts ended up being, uh, that I came across that it's not just this, like they didn't get fallout. It mm-hmm. also has all of the Bethesda problems that are like problems, yep. like the, the power curve and, and the, the, you know, character progression problems and all those yeah. things. Like those are all just problems with Bethesda too. So it ends yeah. up being like, not a really good game that I still I have affection for. It's it's this shambling tower of of, of half measures the yeah. whole the, the the whole way across. It's not quite anything, which is yeah. which is really unsatisfying because it ultimately becomes you know Sch- Schrodinger's appeal. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, no. the like the, the 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 more you analyze it, the, the you change the results. But like in the moment, you know, when you open that box up, that cat could be alive. Yeah, and 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 I had that experience too. And it yeah. also it made there be a New Vegas, which I love New Vegas. Yeah. Um and it made there be a Fallout 4, which like mm-hmm. especially now that I played up Fallout 4, mechanically that like that it is it is an upgrade to Fallout 3 in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know, while while still not being, you know, I don't think as good as New Vegas, but like it made me feel better about the series. Mm-hmm. It's still there's lots of Fallouty things it doesn't get. It's just a better game. Yeah. It's, you know, not that necessarily that much better of a Fallout game, but mm-hmm. it's a much better game. And like, yeah. you know, it makes me like whatever Bethesda, like if they do Elder Scrolls 6 or whatever, like I'm down because mm-hmm. they've learned some lessons and that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I uh, mean, and Fallout 3 might just be this historical kind of like threshold. This could just, this could be the painful, unsatisfying, weird birth of this, yeah. of this into 3D, which like, yeah. you know, it's, it's an at bat, right? And it's the first at bat. It might have been a swing and a miss and metaphor. I'm going to mix them again. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's not it's not without value. I'm glad mm-hmm. I loved it at the time. I'm glad we played it for the show. Mm-hmm. I just the I just came away from it. Very like the things that are wrong with it. I'm very sure about. Yep. You know, it didn't uh, it didn't come away. I still forgive it. Passing you're judging games by pass fail like it passes. Mm-hmm. It's just boy, does it, you know, and it, it, like it's nice. Like I, I get like when I recommend 
now it gives me context to recommend other Fallout games to people because if somebody's like, I really like Fallout 3, what should I play? And I can be like, what do you like about Fallout 3? Mm-hmm. You know, or what do you feel like was missing from it? Because that's going to inform, you know, what you do. Or if like somebody's playing, uh, uh, you know, like whether you can recommend New Vegas to somebody, it's like, mm-hmm. well, do you just like that it's a big open wasteland you get to walk around? Or do you think that there's potential in those character, like the role playing potential in the character build and dialogue system and stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want like an old style isometric RPG tacked onto a more palatable 3D game? Mm-hmm. Because if so, New Vegas is your is your man, you know, like that yeah. that does that. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing New Vegas. Me too. So I was about to say that too. Like nine wonder... hours of me saying, man, can you rem- <laughs> think about this character that we ran who, who means not like fantastic who's hanging out in the Poseidon uh, <laughs> energy place or what have you. Like uh, how, how is it that he's better than every character in three <laughs> as a, like just as a weird programming note, like does it make sense to expedite that? <laughs> oh I, yeah. No, I don't know. Like I might be followed it out for a little bit. <laughs> yep. It might I make mean, sense with three to do and four it in such rapid succession. <laughs> yeah, it might be. And I'm playing under rail. So it's like, Oh fuck. I'm in a real fallout mood. <laughs> the, uh, but it, it might make a, make sense to do it. You know, maybe expedite it in that, like, do it next year rather than do it two years down the road, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I would like, I would like to do it. I would, I want to revisit it. I want to talk about New Vegas so I can just fully like put the book, you know, close the book on like, no, this is objectively better. <laughs> it is better. There's not like, I mean, obviously there's no object, like that's impossible. There is no objective when it comes to video games, but like, I'm so sure about it. Cole. <laughs> no, I, Gary, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> no, I, it's just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm torn between my desire to like how right I feel. And then the idea that like, no, there's no such thing as objectivity in video games. Like you're mm-hmm. being an idiot. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's how you feel. Like it's like <laughs> you're disproving yourself in the same sentence. You feel so certain about it. Yes. Yeah. In a certain, like, like <laughs> by, you, you set out your argument and the premises of it and it matches all of those. It's consistent with what you say. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's, you're, it's like logically you're, you saying it, you're certain of it doesn't mean it's objective. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's just the, the way that you can feel something so strongly that it doesn't seem like there's room for it to be false. Mm-hmm. And this is how people feel when they when they say wedding vows. Mm-hmm. Like I feel about. <laughs> oh, God, about Gary, New back Vegas off being... of that. <laughs> <laughs> like it is the same kind of sureness that I felt. But then I got divorced. So who knows why? <laughs> like my word means nothing. I'm divorcee. So the, uh... yeah, my vows mean nothing. I'm without honor. Um, anywho. Uh, what do we do next time? Nicole? Well, Gary, next time we are back on the uh, <laughs> every two week thing uh, mm-hmm. with Mega Man Legends, which is available on uh, PS3, uh, PSN Classics or whatever it is. Uh, I really encourage you not to play this on the Vita uh, because mm-hmm. you need those shoulder buttons. But it is available for the first time in pretty much ever. And we thought it was going to be impossible that we would eventually yeah. get our hands on this. So I'm excited to talk about this uh, because it is super weird. Uh, not successful uh, most of the time. However, there's a lot of character, and I think it's going to be a, an interesting counterpart to our coverage of uh, Brave Fencer Musashi last year. I think so too. Like it is, it is charming. It's not. Um, I'm like 90 minutes into it or two hours into it. Um, I think it's a really badly designed as a game, mm-hmm. but it's still really charming, and I'm still having fun playing it. It's just I can't turn off the 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 red. I'm so red pill, Cole. I don't know <laughs> what happened, but like it's 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 almost like we're doing like a hardball style show where it's like, what if one blue pill beta <laughs> together? Well, why one? do I have to be the blue pill beta boy? 
because <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah. uh, the uh, but I just I can't turn off the part of my brain mm-hmm. that's like, oh no, cameras shouldn't work this way. And and going back to this, it, it feels like because I'm playing Shadow Tower at the same time, it feels like a like like a Kingsfield or a Shadow Tower. Like yeah. we were still figuring stuff out in 1999 totally. to a certain to a certain extent. So yeah, it it is just uh it it. It needs, uh, it would need, like, a, a remake would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I even, as somebody who's, like, a little lukewarm, more lukewarm on Mega Man Legends than I imagine you'll end up being, like, mm-hmm. I would still think there's enough cool stuff there to, like, warrant yeah. doing it right. Or at least a follow-up, like a proper one. Although yeah. there is that Kickstarter thing, but. Yeah, um, yeah. But, which didn't make it. Oh, shit. Um, uh, they'll, yeah, they'll, it, they'll find a publisher. They'll, they'll find a way to do it, but they did a Kickstarter, and then they were going to, like, they had a separate Kickstarter for the anime tie-in or something like that, and then that <laughs> failed, and it was yeah. it was a big hullabaloo. Um, after that, we're doing uh, Sanitarium, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, looking at reviews, somebody asked on our Slack channel, um, should we play the iOS version? I have confirmed that the iOS version is the same content, Okay. Um, but the reviews kind of complain about it being really hard to click on the right thing. Yeah, the interface so, seems weird with the sprites. Yeah. So I would say iPad or Bust if you're going to yeah. do the iOS version, but it's cheap on GOG. You can just play it on your PC. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm really excited to revisit this, though. It's a little weird with with OS um, compatibility. No more weird than, like, Fallout 3 is, but keep mm. that in mind if you're willing to, uh, if, if you're looking to go to it. I've, I've, I've been able to launch it and run it on Windows 7, and that is enough for me to avoid upgrading to Windows 10 until yeah. I've beaten this game. <laughs> Yeah, until until I only do it when I come to it on my own terms. <laughs> like you, you have not tangled to the contrary, and like maybe for Windows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to play that. Yep. Um, after that, we have the winner of our poll. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Um, and that was Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. I didn't know this is. I'm finding this out live. <laughs> oh, I, I, I linked you, I linked you the results page. Yeah, I know. I just forgot to look at it. Like I knew it was, it was there, but I was, I was busy. I was doing stuff. So we was, uh, <laughs> we trade in close polls. Like I, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we uh, that we make it a difficult choice every time. This mm-hmm. was within like two votes of swinging wow. a completely different direction. God so, of War was the runner up, right? No, actually, God of War fell way behind. Oh, interesting. Yeah, what was the runner up? Enslaved. Oh, weird. <laughs> it's just weird to be like i don't have i haven't played that game i don't know anything mm-hmm. about it it's just weird because i i didn't know that was a game until you mentioned it like four episodes ago <laughs> i'd never heard of it so yeah. like i just thought of that as being very obscure mm-hmm. um interesting yeah um yeah I, I will i'll play some some soul reaver yeah people have been mm-hmm. asking for this for a while this also is available on uh the uh the psn uh, as a ps1 mm-hmm. classic I, I haven't tried playing it on a Vita yet. I'm going to just because I want to have the full. Com- this is another 3D PS1 game, so I imagine a full complement of shoulder buttons will be uh, will be necessary Useful. if not uh, uh, required. Uh, I think it's available on Steam too. Oh, cool! Yeah, I think you um, can play that. I don't know if the PC port. I mean, you know, the PC do your research. The PC but... version is a port of the PlayStation version, so it doesn't have the high res textures. What I've heard is the right way to do this is to. Uh, um, get the Dreamcast version and play it through a VGA adapter. But fuck me if I'm going to do that. I've got a Dreamcast running, and it is. Uh, I already own all the Soul Reaver games, so I don't feel bad if I just burn a, a oh. Dreamcast or a disc. So yeah, I'll play it on my my Dreamcast. Okay. Um. Yeah, that'll be that'd be interesting. It'd be fun to play a Dreamcast game. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting this. I played it and liked it. Me too. Um. You know, back in the day, but I haven't followed the series at all, so I don't know if uh if I will like the follow-up mm-hmm. um we have cool stuff planned for after that yes we do um, including some kind of uh, genres and directions we haven't done before mm-hmm. so uh it may surprise you to know that they're still like you know this far in there are things that we just <laughs> haven't done um, we have our, our next big silver our next milestone our 125th 
mm-hmm. episode planned, and that's great. Yeah. Um. So. And uh, this year is our fifth anniversary. So yeah. let's let's consider everything up until uh, what appears to be, and you know, forgive me if I'm wrong. It'll be around episode one thirty six or one thirty seven. Everything up to that is going to be the march to five years. Yeah. yeah, five years in September. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Um. Thanks for you know going on this very long, exhaustive, uh, frustrated <laughs> rant with me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're uh, we'll be back next week with your responses to Fallout Three, which mm-hmm. run the gamut. Yeah. If you would like to help the show, uh, the best way to do it is to go to patreon.com slash TV and kick us a couple of bucks a month. There's been an uptick in donors recently, which is hugely appreciated. Uh, that goes towards covering expenses uh, for shows, um, uh, specifically live shows and events and things like that, uh, but also compensates us for our time and uh, the materials that we put into uh, putting all this stuff together. Um, and, uh, just boy, it doesn't make a big difference, uh, in helping us, uh, dedicate more time to doing this right. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand when people are like, I don't have the time to replay fallout three, mm-hmm. you know? So we, have, this is why we have the time <laughs> yep. to do it. Like it's, it's, you know, play through fallout three again. Think about that. It was, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of game playing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this is, this is what that does. And especially if you were listening to us talk about that poll and you're like, I didn't get to vote in a poll. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why, because that's uh, for patrons only. Um, You also get episodes early. um, You get a bonus episode of uh, the R zone zone every month. Um, All kinds of, all kinds of things. Don't know what we're talking about. You will. (laughs) If you, uh, if you become a patron, especially if you listen to our other shows, Mm -hmm. um, check it out, comrade and uh, teenager bags are coming back Mm -hmm. um, early February with uh, new seasons of that. Those damn Ross uh, kids has come back. Yeah. I noticed that. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're, and we have other stuff planned that we want to do, um, with your support and, uh, you know, we thank you for the people who've done it. And if you can't do it, um, if you can't financially support us, it's been a little while since we've had a rating or review mm-hmm. on iTunes that helps out a lot. Yeah. Everything that maybe seems trivial that you can do to help actually does help a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely, um, I can't think of much else. Uh, you guys killed it on the tip jar link. Uh, if you go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, uh, use those Amazon links, uh, the holidays were especially good for that. That'll go a long way towards uh, uh, padding the coffers for cool stuff we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out what the second live show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a goal, so it's going to happen. Um, I've got some pitches in mind and places to pitch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, still on still on the docket. Everything's on the docket. Uh, live streams are coming back. Everything. Yeah, you know, we had a very disruptive fall, so we're going to get yeah. back in the the rhythm of do you know getting back in the rhythm just yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're doing it again. Um, cool. So I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have really a sign off <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. for this one. Yeah, we've, we've this has been uh, one of our patented three episode kind of burnouts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get exhausted by a game, talk about it for nine <laughs> hours. Yep. Um, yeah. Watch Watch out for uh, gas bubbles in the swamp. Yes. There we go.
Honestly, I'm still jamming grams. <laughs> Come on and gram, and welcome to the slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eating some deluxe grams. Hmm. Man, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've had a graham cracker. I could. Yeah. You know what? No, I had a s'more over the summer, so it has been. Mm. <laughs> it's still been a while. Yeah, I suppose. 